All right, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Millennial Meltdown Podcast. I'm here today with Zach Allen, a very funny Phoenix-based comedian. Hello, Jeremy. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is this is fun. Yeah, this is dope. We've been sitting here talking for probably like 20 minutes now, and I'm like, uh, we should fucking start recording. And now we're recording. Video looks good. Audio looks good. Um, I'm not used to seeing myself like live, like when I'm speaking. Like, oh it's, yeah, it's like always something like after the fact. I won't keep that up. I promise. You don't have to look at that. I'm gonna be shooting glances to it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I usually just like throw my logo up, um, like that. Well, I like that. Um, and then we can like Google shit or whatever. Yeah. It's good. Um, yeah, so we're just sitting here talking about our jobs, our work life. I have some like basic questions I want to ask you, just because, um, I guess just so everyone knows, um, this is like my first time sitting down and ever talking to you away from like an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was looking forward to. It. I always it's always weird, like because like I have so many people who I see like throughout the weeks yeah and like vast majority of them i really don't know like anything about their lives right like, you know there's like bits and pieces you kind of gather but yeah it's weird. You, you like see someone at an open mic and then you're like oh hey dude what's up and you like kind of feel like you're friends with them yeah yeah, yeah. But you know absolutely nothing about them yeah and it's like the weirdest that's like the weirdest thing about the comedy community in that sense is like everyone's very tight and close niche and like I mean, people, like, give each other hugs and stuff, mm. but, like, no one knows each other, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that well, like. Yeah. I've been, like, starting to, like, meet more people, which that's been kind of cool, but, like, when I was first starting out, it was so, yeah. it was so uncomfortable for me most of the time. And uh, when did you start out, dude? So, I started out uh, October 2016 up in Montana. Oh, fucking A. So, you're three years three, in now. Yep, three years in, yeah. Wow, man. Uh but so like up there i was basically like a hobbyist like i was only able to do it like one to you know three times a week yeah uh you know just we didn't have a lot of mics i'd have to kind of make random places to do stand-up and then moving down here that was awesome like just being able to do it like 10 times a week it's, it's been fun yeah it is pretty crazy the phoenix scene is uh like i mean you could do a mic every fucking day yeah a lot of nights you can do two or three if you time them out right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's been fun and it's a good scene. Like a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people like taking it seriously and it, it's fun. It's a lot. It's a lot to like learn from, which that's been really fun. Yeah, it's it's like such a big community. It's weird. I mean, I've only been doing it so seven months now, mm-hmm. um, but it's weird. Like. My experience, and, like, I'm definitely just starting out slow. Like, I mean, I just started doing it once once a week. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, three, four times a week. Yeah. Um, I would love to get to the point where I could do ten mics a fucking week. I don't know if I'll ever have that much free time, but. It, it's just, like, like, even, like, just, like, starting out, like, especially, like, because you're, you're seven months in. Like, right now, like, it's just, like, kind of, like, figuring out, like, what you want to do with yeah. it, how much you want to do with it. Yeah. And like the more you do it like i didn't really start taking it like seriously from like a performing standpoint until like last may just you know i was like the first time i could yeah and it you know it it was just kind of like i think if i didn't have like two years of not being able to do it as much i don't know if i'd do it 
if or if like if I'd still be doing it as much. Right. You know, like you would have burnt yourself out a little bit. Not necessarily burnt. I I just I wasn't as secure in myself like back then. That's so fair. I think like I would have like I would have gotten like defeated or like something early on. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, how old are you? I'm 23. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're younger than I thought you were, man. I know. It's the beard. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> you Jesus-looking motherfucker. That's it. What they say. Um. <laughs> oh shit. That's so interesting. Cause I when you when you what um I don't think I'm a millennial. What year were you born? Ninety six. Yeah, you are a millennial. Am I like the last? The Anyone last one born from ninety nine ninety seven onward is part of Gen Z. You're the last year of a millennial. That's I was gonna say you might be the first non millennial on my podcast, but you you just made the cut. I I'm humbled. Welcome I, to the club. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and. So you're what? How old are you? I'm 28. Okay, okay. Born in 91. Okay. Um. So I just had Mike Turner on the podcast. Have you met Mike? Yeah, he yeah. Ran this week sucks tonight. Um. And uh, we were just talking, and he's he's 33, so he's five years older than I am. Okay. And so we were just talking about like the generational differences of like what he grew up with versus what I grew up with. Um. But I grew up with two older brothers. Mm-hmm. And he's the youngest in his family, and he had older siblings. So I got, like, that generational um, stuff from his 33 generation because my brother's 35. Mm -hmm. So, like, I also grew up with, like, Ninja Turtles and, like, um, you know, shit like He-Man and uh, those old cartoons from the late 80s that, like, some of my friends didn't grow up with. Or, like, I remember having, like, a Super Nintendo when, like, a lot of my friends didn't have video games until, like, you know, PlayStation 2 came out. Yeah, yeah, shit. So you, you kind of got, like, the jump start, like, yeah, yeah. So right. you were, like, shaped by, like, the older generation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas opposed to, do you have siblings? I So I have an, older, I have okay. an older sister. So be, she was, like, we, we were always really close. And yeah. she wasn't, like, a big video game player. So, like, we didn't get that into video games just in our house. But, like... I have like like I've really loved Mean Girls. I like got I got really into Britney Spears there for a while okay. because because of her. So it's just like yeah. See, I grew up with Britney Spears, oh. Christina Aguilera. I had a Britney Spears like poster on my wall as a kid. Hell of a voice. I, I'm a big fan. Oh yeah, she's batshit crazy now. Yeah, yeah, you know she has like a severe like bipolar disorder. I did not know that. Yeah, That's... she's like a basket case, dude. That's so sad. It I, is sad. I, yeah, it it's rough. Like I mean, like I. I feel like now, like I'm, I'm relatively like feminine, and like I feel like a lot of that has to come just because like the stuff I like grew up like watching. Because you like, grew up with a sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were we were close too, so that was that that probably helped too. So maybe I'm, I I like to think I made her more masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, she for sure made you more feminine. Uh, I think I'm just blaming my own <laughs> my own <laughs> development on her. That's probably that's, that's funny. More, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love her though. She's she's still uh, we're still pretty close, so that's really good. Yeah, that is good, man. I think it's good to be close to your siblings. I'm closer to my middle brother than I am with my older brother, mm-hmm. but that's purely because like we actually grew up together. Like my oldest brother is almost seven years older than I am. Okay, so that's like 
literally like me and Mike, five years different. Like he's seven years. Like there's an entire different generation of shit, you know, like, yeah. By the time he was graduating high school, I was in fifth grade. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like he moved out before I even like remember like being like a teenager and like, you know, like how much stuff do you remember from third, fourth and fifth grade? You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like it's just kind of like all like all in passing and like that's like how i am with my cousins too like they were all very close with their other cousins yeah and you know my sister and i we were like the youngest by far yeah so it was just kind of like always interesting like they always really nice but it was just like we didn't have like that same connection that they had with their other cousins so it's kind of it's it's weird like just how that actually like plays such a big part in it like just like when you're growing up yeah and you were from you said montana yeah um you lived there until you moved here yeah yeah so Uh, you lived there for 22 years yeah basically okay uh before i i spent a summer out in maine but before i spent that summer out in maine that was i I spent like three months out there that was like the longest i've ever spent like outside of montana uh before uh since i moved there because we moved there when i was like one or two so it was okay it was interesting just kind of like getting that experience and like moving down here kind of getting away from it yeah so new and did you go to college or no yeah yeah university of montana we're oh you said you said you got a degree in journalism yeah yeah we we were uh we were in the big sky conference at the au yeah yep go grizz (laughs) <laughs> go jags <laughs> <laughs> what is it they do the is that the lj yeah, yeah. yeah what's montana's thing uh go grizz fight on That's oh you don't have like a hand symbol or anything no it's like a call and response like okay. you, you see someone you say go grizz go like, grizz and they say fight on yeah nau doesn't have really that like i don't know uh i don't know passion about the school or anything like no mm. one like says that shit like no one does this other than athletes you know what i mean like yeah yeah i always wished i like i loved nau and i love living in the mountains and i still fucking wish i lived there um but i always wished i went to a bigger school like asu where people actually like cared about sports and Mm -hmm. like had like school pride and shit like wore gear on fridays like you know like school colors and shit like nau wasn't really like that yeah yeah it's that's like what's weird about montana it's like the same size as uh nau but montana we don't have professional sports our two biggest schools are montana and montana state which are like a mid not even a mid-major like they're uh and it was you win your conference in march madness that's the only way they're going to the tournament okay or they're in the fcs which is like below like the fbs football Mm -hmm. but we're it's the only like like the closest thing we have to professional sports so people yeah. take so much pride in like montana and montana oh, that's State interesting yeah, yeah you guys don't have professional sports teams in montana yeah so it's like all we have to identify with wow i've never really thought about that before yeah i've 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 definitely had conversations and wondered about that though like what it's like to live in states that don't have sports teams or like who did you grew up rooting for professionally wise like what states teams so i was born in colorado so i just latched on to okay like the broncos and the nuggets okay and then we got uh for baseball we had uh fsn northwest so it was the mariners okay or uh wgn 
it was like the broadcasting yeah. channel and for whatever reason montana got chicago's broadcasting network okay the cubs or the Sox? the, the cubs that's okay. who i latched on because it was sammy sosa was up at that time see and that's like the weird shit when teams have, or cities have multiple teams yeah yeah, yeah. Like chicago has the white Sox and the cubs yeah You're like why yeah it, I, it's so big like i mean like what la has the la chicago and then new york are those the only three uh yeah probably that sounds right yeah because i mean texas has like four football teams that's true yeah whatever too no texas has san antonio spurs and the uh houston rockets they have the houston they have like uh, and then is there a dallas basketball team the mavericks yeah yeah so there's three basketball teams yeah in Dow- in in texas but that's not like one city, it's one state. But I always think it's ridiculous that states have so many teams. California has fucking five baseball teams or some shit. Yeah, yeah. They have the Padres, the Angels, the uh, Athletics. The, Giants. The Giants. And is that it? Dodgers. And the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, five fucking baseball teams. Like, go fuck yourself, California. Yeah, and Arizona might as well be like, it might as well be like the Phoenix Dodgers. Like, every time I go to the Dodger games down here, dude, there's so many Dodger fans. I hate fans. it, dude. I hate it. Being an Arizona sports fan, I'm a firm believer that we need to restructure the conferences in most sports. Mm-hmm. And we need to put the big budget teams in the same conference. I don't see how that's unfair. Yeah. Like, I think the Dodgers should be in the same conference as the Red Sox. Yeah. And, like, the Astros and the Yankees or something like that. Yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no, what is it? There's no, uh, what is not payroll, uh, salary cap. There's no salary cap in baseball. Yeah. So that would make so much sense. Like, How's it fair that they play in the same conference with the Padres, the Dimebacks, and the Rockies? Yeah. And their budget is like $300 million more yeah. than all those teams like combined. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Like, they beat us every fucking year. And it's like, it's like the Patriots playing the Dolphins and the Jets every year or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know, like, put the Patriots in the same conference as like the fucking, I don't know the saints and like the Steelers or some shit. I think football is a little bit different. Cause I think there is a salary cap. So they have like the, they at yeah. least have limitations and that just comes down to management. Like some teams just genuinely have like really shitty management. That is true. I mean the owners and yeah, that's fair. But yeah, baseball just fucking drives me nuts, man. Yeah. It's, it's weird here too, because like so much like every city like basically has like a center of pride around their sports teams Mm -hmm. down here there's like like where i work like it's there's about half that like not even half that like like arizona teams and the rest like all just focus on like random sports teams because they're all transplants Mm -hmm. so it's so weird like you don't i feel like you don't get that in like most other cities dude it's weird man like it's it's strange going i went to boston last october and it's just, I mean, old ladies were walking their dogs and their dogs were wearing Tom Brady jerseys. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like not even kidding. Like yeah. I met a dog. I fucking stopped and talked to this lady and pet her dog and her dog's name 
was Brady, <laughs> and it was wearing a Tom Brady jersey. You don't you don't see a lot of Larry Fitzgerald dogs around here, right, yeah, dude? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, little Larry, yeah. <laughs> some little old lady walking. Like, it is it is a different fucking thing on the East Coast, man. Yeah, and especially in those big cities. Like, I would love to be like Chicago. Like, Chicago is all about Chicago sports. Yeah. Like, people fucking love Chicago sports. I would love it if Phoenix people were like, fuck yeah, Cardinals. Like, you know, but it's not, it's never going to be like that here. Yeah. And it's cool, like, that they have, like, a rivalry within their city. Like, yeah. That's like, I feel like that's really unique because, like, you can go to most cities and, like, there's, you know, it's the one team and everyone gets on board. Mm hmm. Whereas, like, you go to, like, New York or, like, Chicago, and, like, there's, like, actually, like, a rivalry between, like, the two teams within the same city. Yeah, so in New York, there's, like, Jets fans and then, like, hardcore Giants fans. Yeah. And it's, like, they live in different sections of the city. Like, yeah, yeah. if you live <laughs> up here, you're a Jets fan. Like, yeah, fucking weird. Yeah. And there's, like, there's so many sports bars down here that, like, are the official sports bar of another team. Like, yeah. Toso's. It's like the Patriots bar. Is it? I yeah, know yeah. That. I actually have never gone to Tosos because it's so fucking far up there. It's it's one of my favorite. I work right by there, so it's like really nice. But it's like it's a good hang. Yeah, and it's a good place because there's so many mics on Wednesdays that you. Can yeah, hit. Dustin told me that's his like favorite one. Yeah, Dustin Cade. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just haven't got up there. Usually, I don't go out on Wednesdays. Um, but if I do, I just go to the fucking one in Tempe, the woodshed. woodshed. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good mic though. I like, I like woodshed a lot. Yeah, dude. Like being out here on the West side, it's just way more convenient to go to mics closer to me. Yeah. And like, uh, like that's why I haven't gotten to like improv mania in a while. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm just like, I could go 15 minutes up the street to grand Ave pizza and hit Josh Harrison's mic on Thursday. Yeah. Instead of going way the fuck, 40 minutes to Improv Mania from here. Yeah. Do, do you do uh, Joe Bot ever afterwards? Joe Bot? Uh-uh. So it's like right by there, which is like really convenient. And it's uh, it's a mixed open mic. It's run uh, Q. Uh, he's like Joe a- Joe Bot he, Coffee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a bunch of musicians. They get poets. Uh, it's a tough room, but I like it a lot just because, you know, it's interesting. And I like like- Getting like mixed open mics is nice every once in a while because you hear comedy so much. I've never gone to a mixed open mic. I was gonna ask you about that because you were gonna go to the three thirty mic today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Darrell's mic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you you think that's that's like uh, kind of just more of a challenge because people aren't there just to see comedy, or there's just poets and musicians going too. I think it's it's more of a challenge and then like on top of it one thing I like about it too is like it's kind of like a breakup and you get to see like another portion of like art you know what I mean that's fair because like I kind of get in like a you know uh not a, a wormhole I guess like where like I'm, I'm just like focused on like comedy and that's like yeah. the only art form I want to ingest yeah and it's kind of nice like in that breakup and reminding yourself like there's there's others like out there and it, it, it's cool to see it like seeing someone else like work on their craft like in the same way like you're working on yours that is interesting yeah, yeah. I guess I've never really thought about that before honestly man I feel like just being in comedy is just every Every time I go to a mic or every time I fucking go out on a different weeknight, it's like it's always just such a big learning experience. Like like mm -hmm. that. Like I probably should go to a mixed mic and just fucking see how it is and shit like that. Yeah. And I mean like honestly it's just like about just getting on stage. Yeah. Like 
that's kind of like been the biggest thing like i've found like like just getting on stage that's like the biggest thing because you learn to be more comfortable with bombing and stuff yeah and you just like when i first moved down here like bombing at an open mic it was like defeating and now like it's at the point i was like ah, oh, it was a tuesday like i mean like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like what can you do yeah yeah so yeah I, I hear you i think that's like the biggest thing is just getting comfortable with bombing that's like been like one of my favorite things so far yeah that's fair uh i have definitely bombed a handful of times mm-hmm. and uh i i do remember the last time was easier than the first time mm-hmm. i was just like yeah whatever like yeah, you yeah. know like yeah it happens yeah yeah and i think that mindset helps when other people bomb that are my friends and yeah. i'm like hey man like fucking tuesday like you yeah, said yeah, like yeah. you know it's like it's whatever dude yeah uh, I did want to say something about what you said earlier. Um, I'm fucking stone, so I don't want to forget it. What you said about being younger and doing less mics, like you don't know if you would have like uh, stuck with it or not necessarily get burnt out. Mm-hmm. I like I said that like almost same thing to Mike uh, Turner when he was here, because um, I was like, I don't know if if I started comedy in college. Mm-hmm. In my early 20s, I don't know if I would have stuck with it or mm-hmm. if I would have enjoyed it as much or, like, cared about it as much as I do now. Right. So I'm, like, like I started when I was 27, but I'm, like, kind of glad I started when I was 27 because yeah. now I feel like I have, like, this foundation in my life and, like, I've, like I know where I'm at currently and where I want to go in my 30s and, like, I didn't really have any of that mindset mm-hmm. before and... I don't know if I would have taken open mics as seriously as I do now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think, like, that's just kind of, like, it comes, like, with maturity, kind of like you said. Oh, totally. And, and then also part of it, too, is, like, like just, like, finding something you're passionate about. Because, like, if you have, like, something else, like, you're passionate about at, like, a different age, it's probably going to take priority to it. And that's, I mean, that's that's fine. Like, I mean, like, it's, it's just kind of all about, like... Uh, just finding like that you enjoy because that's been like the biggest thing is like you know finding out that it's something like i genuinely enjoy yeah you know because there's so much you can get caught up with in comedy yeah and just like at the end of the day you just got to realize like you do it because you really enjoy it you know what i mean totally and i think that's like that's been really cool like just kind of figuring that out and going through it so i think i think it just like that's i don't know I kind of lost my train of thought, but oh, you're I, good. It's kind of like back to what you said. Like I think it's just it just depends. Like you know, each person's different. Each person's like journey is gonna be different, totally. which is really cool. Totally. And I mean, like I get it. Like, like I'm taking comedy seriously in the aspect of like, um, like I got a writing degree. I want to make movies. I know I've always wanted to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. and make movies. Um. I've always been kind of funny and I, I, I like I've always been like a shit talker and my friends and like the class clown type of person, you know, mm-hmm. and I uh, like always been super into comedy. Like as a kid, I was always the one showing my friends stand up specials or like buying DVDs and like being like, dude, let's fucking watch this. Like um, and like getting into comedy for me seems like one of those natural like progression things. Like, yeah, I was at the right age. I kind of just fell into it. Like, it's almost like comedy found me, like type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. 
uh and then i started doing it and i was like i don't i don't think i ever want to stop doing this yeah like i told my fiance i was like i think i was like i think this is where i fucking belong like while i'm in phoenix like i need to fucking do these open mics work this shit out get funnier and fucking see where this can take me here yeah and it's really cool because it's one of the few like things you can do that you can do your entire life yeah like what is something you can do by yourself right like it's not like you need a partner you don't need to spend money on it Mm -hmm. it's like it's just time and write some jokes get comfortable on stage get funnier write funnier jokes Mm -hmm. get better like it's you don't have to rely on anyone else yeah it's all up to you do your own pace like do as many mics as you want or as little as mics as you want or whatever yeah. it's all up to you it's not like uh you know if you're trying to be a rapper it's not the same yeah you know it's like <laughs> yeah spend money on mixtapes fucking try to get people to listen to it like it's uh it's it's interesting yeah it's weird like to be like a like kind of like coming back to music you can I, I feel like you don't have to do open mics to like progressive music that may just be i don't know enough about it but like you can do stuff like on the internet and like release soundcloud and it'll you know you could get a following through that way right whereas like stand-up you have to be doing it like in person you can't you know there's really no like work around like you can't just do it all at your house right get, you know the same thing out you can't of just it. push it out on the internet yeah, no yeah. one's looking for five minute comedy clips to listen to yeah 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 doing it for your dog right yeah that's that's how i put it yeah and it's like you can't do it in an empty house like Mm -hmm. you need part of comedy is the audience right like it it is having that feedback of laughter and honestly that's kind of one of the struggles of doing open mics is like working for comedians laughter is a lot different than working for people who are there and drinking at a show. Yeah. Like, um, sometimes you just do your jokes to 15 people who have heard them before. Yeah. And you're like, none of these people are going to laugh, but I got to do all these jokes anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) but then you're kind of like, I'm going to fucking find something to get a laugh out of these motherfuckers. Like, you know, yeah, it's like even more challenging in that sense. Yeah. And that like, that like helps so much like with other stuff because there's so many components to stand up outside of writing like stage presence and like uh like crowd work like there, there's so many aspects to it being and personable like, off stage exactly yeah 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 that's oh, that's so tough i i, <laughs> I can't I, i'm not i'm very shy like naturally so it's like oh, so yeah. hard like that that's been like a huge adjustment like getting out of my comfort zone and like talking to people yeah I feel like I'm a, I'm like a natural extrovert. Yeah. So that's like, for me, I'm like, dude, give me a joint and a beer and like, I'll be everyone's fucking friend here today. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's like something that comes very natural to me. Mm. Um, and sometimes though, I, I have to remind myself that other people aren't that way. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of introverts and like, cause like, I feel like I kind of have like kind of like an aggressive personality in that sense. I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? Let's be friends. Mm-hmm. And people are like, I don't even want to talk right now, dude. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I'm not trying to have a conversation. I'm trying to like, think about my jokes before this mic. And I'm like, nah, like what's up? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting also like navigating those waters of like the different personalities comedians have. Yeah. 
you know, because everyone comes from such different walks of life. Yeah. And everyone's in different age groups. I mean, there's people doing open mics that are 18, and then there's Arizona Lou, who's 78 years old or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it, it's... That's like I think that's one of my favorite things about it is like it can be anyone and it can be like you can come from anywhere and basically as long as you're funny you can have like a way to like you know keep doing it you know oh yeah and actually like it's just it's cool it's a cool thing and like it always blows me away that this is like something like that's out there and like we're doing you know what I mean like that's so cool to think about it is cool yeah. And I've never really thought about uh, how other people perceive it either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people like people respect it a lot. Like, people I've talked to that I'm like, yeah, I started doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. They're like, really? Like, that's brave, man. Like, mm-hmm. you, like, f- fucking get on stage and, like, talk in front of people. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But to some people, it's a really big deal. Like, yeah. Just, like, I've... I don't know, like, I took, like, public speaking in college. I started doing podcasts, which I think has helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's just, like, for me, it's, like, a natural thing to, like, like, I feel comfortable talking to people and getting up on stage. But, like, a lot of people are, like, I could never fucking do that. Yeah. You would shit my pants. Like, is, you know what I mean? Is that, like, a cool feeling? Like, like kind of, like, knowing, like, that's, like, something, like, a lot of people. Like, oh, for fear. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good to. I'm, I think it's good to take pride in those kind of things. Like, yeah, it's not a bad thing to be like, yeah, not everyone can fucking do this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like Mike said when he was here. It's like, because I was telling him, I'm like, yeah, I've really only done like I started out doing like one mic a week, and he's like, so you could probably count like how many mics you've done like mm-hmm. total. And I was like, yeah, probably. Yeah, like if I thought about it, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, well. I mean, even in just doing one a week, like you've done more than, you know, 99.9% of people will ever do in their life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, it, it's cool. Like, I, I mean, all like, are you, I think too, like, just like the more you get into it, like the more you kind of realize, like, I guess like what, oh fuck, I lost my turn. Sorry. I didn't mean to swear. Oh, you can swear. I don't give a fuck. I'm not a big... I, I try not to swear. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I swear a lot and so much... I try not to swear on stage as much as possible. Oh, I try not to swear on stage unless it's for, like, emphasis. Like, yeah. it's almost like, uh, like, use them sparingly to your advantage type of thing. Yeah. Like, that's how I think of it. Like... Um, like I know in most, like I I have like a solid five minute set right now and I say fuck once. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I say it in that line, people are like, Oh yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I'm saying fuck every other sentence. Right. I think it gets a little redundant when people just get up there and start swearing. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like it. Like, uh, I know our generation, um, kind of more comfortable with swearing, but a lot of older people don't want to hear you swear yeah like my parents age of people yeah it's just off-putting in general like you say fuck once and like okay potty mouth like yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's it's nice like when you have it like it's subtle like uh, it's very fun like having like subtle swearing yeah to me. i always like whenever i start out with new jokes i always swear constantly throughout it just because like it's a comfort thing 
And then like the more I like progress through it, I'm like, how can I clean this up? How can I clean this up? Yeah. Which that's, that's, I, I like that a lot more because like, it's so much harder to write a clean joke than it is to yeah. write a dirty joke. You can write dirty and kind of get, you know, a little bit more from it, especially like at open mics, like a lot, a lot of times like clean doesn't always work at open mics. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nice, like just working through it. And then if you can take it to a different audience, like being able to be clean, at least that's, that's from my experience. That's kind of like how it's been so far. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think my thing is like, I write, I write pretty dark jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like part of it for me of like, I don't want to swear too much. Cause like I'm already saying some pretty fucked up shit. Yeah. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta like sway away from being super dark and swearing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, like I've been telling this joke about, um, uh, about like not vaccinating your kid and like letting him die, um, to like profit off of him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the joke on the podcast. <laughs> um, but like, it's like a pretty dark joke and a handful of people have been like, dude, that joke is really fucking funny. And I feel like if I swore during it, it would, like, take away from the joke because of how fucked up it is already. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, th- I, I I, definitely agree with that. Like, it's so much easier to be, like, a cleaner, dark joke than yeah. like, to swear just to appeal to, like, more people. Yeah. Because, like, I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but, like, I like even when I view comedy, like, the same way, like, if they're swearing and they're saying dark stuff, like, it just kind of seems, like, way, like... It seems excessive. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not all the time, but, you know, it, it, it's a it's a thought that comes up every now and again. Yeah. Uh, so, let me ask you this. What, like, made you get into comedy in the first place? So, I was, uh, I was always big into basketball. And, yeah. like, uh, I played uh, throughout high school and I ended up, I played a year in college. Well, I redshirted. Uh, which means I was just on the roster to practice. And then, uh, and, like, I moved into the dorms right before my sophomore year and was just, like, you know, kind of realized, like, this isn't what I wanted to do. I'm not working that hard at it, like, nearly as hard as I need to. So uh, I ended up, uh, I transferred schools and I moved up to Missoula, and I was kind of like having like a tough time, like initially moving there. Like I'd never really left my hometown. And then, you know, I was just like, well, I always wanted to do stand up. So, uh, you know, just kind of through that, like just like not really having anything that I was really fired up about, just finding something new and trying stuff out. And that was like the biggest thing. Like it just like kind of clicked. Uh, and then I just kind of kept doing it. Like it wasn't like initially, like I was like, oh, like, I'm going to do this. you be a comedian. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like through doing it more and more. I was like, okay, this is like something I'd actually, you know, I'm actually very passionate about. Yeah. And that, that was huge. Like, cause like, it, I don't know, like, honestly, like I always think about like, if I wasn't doing comedy, like I have no idea what I would have done. Like just like in general, like I thought about becoming a geologist there for a little bit. Yeah. I had like a, a mental breakdown, went to one geology class and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure this is what I want to do really yeah (laughs) and just you know find ways to keep doing it and i mean like even 
if like nothing comes out of it like at the end of the day like i mean i'm doing something i really enjoy doing which is really cool totally and it's one of those things that like you could just treat as a hobby for 30 fucking years right if you wanted to like just have fun with it like in your evenings yeah yeah and there's so much there's so much you can do with it you can take it seriously you can be a hobbyist or like you know you can even like put on shows there's so many things you can do with it which is which I didn't even realize. Like, I thought you just had to be a comedian. Right. To, like, be in comedy. And I'm finding out now, like, there's there's a lot of options out there. Yeah, there's... I mean, I've met people who are just showrunners, just producers of shows, and they're not even comedians. Mm-hmm. Like Mellow B. Yeah. Um, Mellow B Entertainment. Yeah. AQ runs a bench bar. Yeah. And a bunch of other shit, Lighthouse and whatever. Uh, but he's just a um, guy that fucking likes putting on comedy shows, so he does those, you know? Yeah. No, and it, it's cool. Like, I, I, lo- I, I didn't think, like, I, I don't know about you, but, like, I mean, did you did you have anything, like, you loved, like, before? Like, what like what were you passionate about, like, before you found comedy? Um, Movies. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's all I've ever thought even during college, that's all I focused on. All I want to do is make movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I've written like nine movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's what I got a degree in. Um, but outside of that, like I mean, I have the like the standard hobbies. You know, I play video games and like listen to podcasts and shit. But nothing like um like movies are for me like something I've always like I take them seriously and like. I watch movies seriously, like I dissect them, Mm. like um, studying screenwriting, I can picture the script in my head while I'm watching a movie, like why the writer wrote this, why the director did this Mm. um, type of shit, Um, but that's not something that like you can just do by yourself, Yeah, you can't make a movie by yourself, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like you have to have at least one other person to hold the camera while you're doing shit. So it's like movies for me is something like I still like I watch the Oscars, watch the Golden Globes. Like I love like I love movies. I follow movies really, really passionately. I've thought about doing just a movie podcast, Mm -hmm. like just a movie review podcast. Uh, But there's fucking a million of them, you know? Yeah. Um. But other than that, like, I've never had something that I was like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life other than movies. Yeah. Um, like, uh, as a kid, I never n- knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know, like, meeting people like uh, like Tristan, like, he's like, I've wanted to be a comedian for fucking ever. Yeah. You know? And I was never like that. I was never like, yeah, I'm going to be a comedian when I grow up or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I went to college and I was studying business. I studied business. I I went to community college for a year and a half. And then my first, my first semester at NAU, I was a business major. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was in business law. I was in accounting. I was in, I don't know, whatever the fuck other business classes I was in. And they were really interesting to me, but like, in college at some point I was like, I don't want to do this shit for the rest of my life. Like mm-hmm. I was, Oh, I was in a coding class, like studying computer stuff also. And I was like, this isn't, 
like if I'm gonna pay forty thousand dollars for a degree, like I want to do something fun and that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So I went through like the majors and found, uh, you know, cinema. Like it was called electric media and film, uh, or uh, electronic media and film. That's what my degree is in. Uh, so it's like I studied radio and all that other shit too, not just movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but that to me, I was like, fuck yeah, I could like make movies for life and like get a degree in movies. Like fuck yeah, that sounds badass, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then like reality hit of like, I mean, like I can't afford to move to Hollywood when I'm 22. Like, yeah, what the fuck am I gonna do with a film degree? You know? Yeah. Um, then I've just been doing IT stuff and you know working and. Um, I started podcasting and this is like the only thing I'm like, I fucking love podcasting. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I really enjoy sitting down and just talking to someone for two or three hours. Like it's not something that's normal anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like this used to be a normal thing for centuries of human civilization. Yeah. Cause no one had other shit to do. There wasn't the internet. Like the radio was one thing, but even that was like four radio programs that people listen to. Everyone listened to the same shit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like people have really lost their way and like just sitting down and talking to someone else. Yeah. And like getting to know someone. So podcasting for me was like, I was like, I'm going to spend the money. And I'm going to do fucking podcasts like for a while. Yeah. And there's like, it's weird too, because like kind of like being in the generation we're in. Like, if you wanted to do, like, what you're doing now, for the most part, you'd have to get involved with the radio. You know what I mean? Like, you'd have right. to be, like, a DJ or something. And, like, now, you know, podcasting, you can do it. You know, anyone can do it. Anyone can upload it, which is really cool because you have so many ways to hear different opinions. So many ways to hear, like, different voices. Yeah. Which I think, like, it, it's so cool. Like, I mean, like, just, like, the fact that it's out there and it's available, you know? Right. It's it's interesting. It is interesting. It's a it's a fucking crazy time to be alive, man. Yeah. And that's the weird thing about podcasting is like this could all be gone in a year. Yeah. Like, you know, like it could just change. Like oh, there's a new fucking art form cuz podcasts only came around 10 years ago. Yeah. Like people basically are doing radio shows and just put them online. See, I don't think it's going to be something that really disappears because Oh, I don't think it will, but yeah, I'm just yeah. saying like yeah, it could. Yeah, like, that's something true. Yeah. could happen. Yeah, yeah. That's what scares me now. Is like the Federal Communications Commission (FCC) yeah could get involved and be like, you can't fucking legally do a podcast without a license anymore. Oh, that would be so. That would be such a bummer. It's, it's just like having a radio show. You yeah. know what I mean? That's true. It's like the last unregulated like media. Like that's the crazy thing about the internet is like it really is the wild, wild west. Yeah, like. There's no there's no regulation, there's no fingers in it other than the owners of the company. Yeah. Like other than Twitter kicking you off of Twitter, no one's going to kick you off of Twitter for anything you do. You can do anything you want on Twitter yeah. unless you fucking, you know, post Nazi signs or whatever the fuck their rules are. Yeah, I mean that seems that seems nat. You're not going <laughs> to post Nazi signs on this podcast, are you? Right, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I don't. I've never even thought about that, like FCC and stuff, like with podcasts. That's interesting. Yeah, That's see, crazy. I studied all that stuff in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we actually uh, we made a podcast in in college because, like, I, I told you, like, I was involved with like a lot of radio stuff, mm-hmm. and 
it's crazy like how much because we did ours like it wasn't like a normal podcast it was just like we did radio stories like npr style stories okay and then we just like commented on it and it was like uh it was about a school it was like an alternative high school up in missoula and it it's cool because like you know just being able to do radio stories and stuff like there's there's a lot of stuff you can do with podcasting like outside of like just having conversation like there's oh. ways to there's it's, fictional podcasts. Exactly, yeah. I mean, Serial is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. That was insane. I um, I listened to the first episode of Serial, and this is this is an embarrassing flex, but I, I listened to the first episode, and I was, like, so hooked, and then I just, because I had to do it for an assignment, and I listened to it hooked, and then, like, after that, I just forgot about it. But I've, like, asked so many people, I was like, what happened? And yeah. I've got the gist of it. Now I don't have to listen to it. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's podcasts. I mean, there's just comedy podcasts where they just pull up shit, and make fun of it, like your mom's house. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's podcasts where people just do them by themselves. Yeah. And just talk, and I mean, they just pull up news articles and talk about them. I mean, there's people who like Potter lists. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It's a guy who's never read Harry Potter before. So <laughs> he starts reading, he like reads one chapter at a time and like does a podcast about it, has people on to discuss like, it, and he's huge. Like he has a huge fan base. That's insane. That's yeah. so cool though. That's he's a like, good idea. He's like I never watched Harry Potter growing up and I'm in my like late twenties now and I'm finally going to do it and I'm making a podcast and he's been doing it for like years now. Yeah. I, one of the ones I always come back to is, uh. Uh, it was these guys in Australia, and they watched Grown Ups too. Okay, every week for a full year, and then they like talked about it, like kind of. I think it was a podcast, but they were, or maybe it was a blog. But they were watching. Uh, they they watched like this, you know, just Grown Ups too every week, and it, it, it's funny. Like there's a, I think it's like a Vice article or something really? about it. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. That's so random. Yeah, yeah, people do the weirdest shit on podcasts. Yeah, like. Uh, those two chicks in New York do get the guys we fucked, and it's just two chicks talking about all the guys they <laughs> fucked, and they're huge. Like they're on Joe Rogan, and yeah, like they're they're two comedian chicks from New York. Yeah, but it's like talking about dick and like pussies and shit. The whole it's all their podcast is. Yeah, so it's like oh like whatever, dude. I'm not gonna say anything they say, but. No, it, it's uh, weird. Yeah, yeah. There's a topic. There's a podcast for every topic. Yeah. And now sports teams have podcasts. There's fans who have made sports podcasts and gotten like famous from them. Yeah. That are like now the like official like you know, Angels podcast and shit like that. Yeah. And it's cool. Like, there's so many ways to just like branch out now, and I I very much enjoy it. Like, there's so many outlets you can utilize. I don't, yeah. I don't take nearly advantage as much as, you know, like, it's weird, like, for doing stand-up, I don't take advantage of, like, anything else, like, really. Yeah. Like, for the most part. Like, I should. I know I should just to have something else, but, like, outside of, like, performing in front of people, I, it, it's it's different for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, I'm, I totally understand. It's a big deal, dude. Like, um, just, like, the older I get... Spending time on anything is a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you only have so many hours in the day. Like, sometimes, like, that's why I didn't do podcasts for, like, months at a time. Yeah. Because I'm just, like, I'm doing other shit. I started doing comedy. Like, yeah. 
they went on vacation, like whatever. It's like there's there's only so much time you can put into different shit. And it's like something like comedy, it's like you could just put all your eggs in one basket. Like I'm gonna be the best fucking comedian. You don't have time to worry about doing a podcast or like worrying about your social media and shit like that, you know? Yeah. I think it is like there there does come a time like when it becomes important. Yeah. Like when you like reach the stage because with comedy like there's so many like there's so many ways to get really good at comedy now i think you kind of have to have something to help you stand out initially yeah which that's it's you just got to find like your niche 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 yeah niche i i hate that word (laughs) i always try to (laughs) avoid it in the conversation as much as possible yeah i Uh, don't know it might just be your niche i don't know depends on who you ask i guess different accent yeah it's the montana in me that's how we pronounce it up there. I don't know if that's true or not, but, uh, but yeah, like there's so many, you just got to have something to stand out, which is, it's, it's weird that that's like, that's something I think about a lot too, because like, you know, you always have to have a way to like set yourself apart at the end of the day, like outside of comedy, I think, you know, just because like the way it's kind of evolving, uh, you know, like you mentioned like podcasts, like if you're a comedian with a good, like a really good podcast, that's like a way to get you know kind of an in yeah but unless you have like something else it's it's harder you it's still like doable yeah but i think it's just easier to have something else like just to kind of get your foot in the door but i i mean i'm i'm still very new to it i'm still very green so like anytime like i I share an opinion about it i'm always like fuck i don't know if that's real it's crazy that you say that you've been doing comedy for three years and you're like i'm still new I'm seven months in, and I just still feel so new, dude. Like, or eight months in, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like, when do you stop feeling new? <laughs> you know? They say it takes, like, ten years before, like, you, like, truly master the craft. Or yeah. I, I can't think of the exact verbiage, but it's, like, you know, about, like, ten years. Yeah. Which, that's so weird to think. It is, right? Yeah. It's like I've never done anything for ten fucking years. No, yeah. And... Like the fact, like you can do ten years and just starting to like find your find your voice, right? Which asks how crazy. But I I would also argue that part of that comes into age, and also like how many mics you do and how serious you take it, yeah, and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, I've met people who are like featuring at like Tempe Improv or things like that. Um, that have only been doing it like four or five years and they're like way ahead of the game, mm-hmm. like clearly ahead of the game. But then I've met people at open mics who are like six years in and probably will be open micers for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's also, you kind of get out of it what you put into it in that sense. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And I think that's like when, what, like you said Michael was saying like you just got to do it more yeah I think that's kind of where it comes in like you know you you do have to grind with it just from like everyone I've heard who's like actually like you know kind of doing it yeah as a career and like ways to make it I think like you do have to put in a lot of time into it oh yeah which you know it it's cool you know uh that like that's you know it's one of the few things like where you don't or where you actually get what you put into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I feel like you can, I don't know if that's, actually, I take that back. I feel like there's a lot of things you can put into it. Yeah. You'll get what you put into it, but 
You get what I'm saying, right? And yeah. like, and like, what I was saying, it's like people doing it for six years. Like, some people just want to do open mics, and they don't want to feature at clubs, and they're yeah. not trying to do that. Like, they're yeah. not actively trying to get booked on shows. Yeah, you know, like they're just having fun with it or whatever. Like, there's all those different like areas of comedy of like different people looking for different things and have goals in mind of what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't think, like, I know I know what you mean by, like, when you talk about it, you don't know, like, how it sounds, because it's, like, you're three years in, and, like, you're still new. Yeah. But I don't know if you'll ever not feel that way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'll ever feel, like, even ten years from now, if I'll feel, like, an authority on comedy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could give people advice. I think I'll still be like, I don't know, man, I'm only 10 years in. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, but I think it's also just part of comedy of like, you don't want to, there's so many people who do it and know more than you. And there's always going to be. Yeah. That you don't want to act like what you say is like definitive. Yeah. And that's like another thing. Like that's really, everyone's journey is so different. Yeah. You just got to find what works for you. And if you are like, you know, starting to see progress and you're starting to see like you're reaching like your own personal goals. Yeah. I think that's like the biggest way with it because like everyone's goals are going to be so different. You just, and that's like another thing I've found setting goals for myself. I'm, I was never like a short term goal setter. Yeah. Uh, it like setting goals like month to month, week to week have been like some of the biggest things for me. Like just like, going forward and that's like another thing like when i talk about it i can only speak from my own experience for sure which you know it sounds that's why i hate like ever like talking about it's impossible it I, to say what's best for someone else exactly yeah right. yeah i hate i always hate talking about because i just bring it back to myself which i always hate doing that but you have to i mean yeah, it's, yeah. it's just part of being human and like it's all you can say is your personal experience and that's what's that's what bothers me a lot about like our current society we're in is that like there's a lot of people bashing people for having a unique opinion. Yeah. You know, like that's dumb. Why do you think that way? And it's like, well, I don't know. I just think that way. Yeah. It's like, what's wrong with that? Why can't I ha think that way? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that's super vague, but I mean, like there's so many topics these days where it's like, how can you think that about abortion? How could you think that about gay people? How could you think that about school? How could you think that about the government or whatever? Yeah. You have to think my way. You're an idiot. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's so much of that these days that a lot of people get kind of scared about, like, sharing their opinion about things. Like... Yeah. And it, it's weird. Like, it's, like, the social waters of, like, our generation right now with the internet and, like, people getting canceled for tweets that are 10 years old and, like, like how is that fair? Like, you can't grow as a person in 10 years? Yeah, like... You can't say some fucked up shit when you're young and then regret it when you're older? Like, yeah. Like, isn't that part of just being a person? That's, like, uh, this is, like, kind of, like, with the Kobe Bryant thing, like... I, I don't mean to bring him up like no, rest in peace but like uh like so many people like after he passed away like we're bringing up like the rape case right but it's so shitty like that i i really think it's shitty that people did that because like after the fact he did so much 
like to better himself. Like he started like doing way more for women than most people have. And, right. Like, he was one of the biggest ambassadors for women's basketball. Right. And I don't think that you do that unless you learn from your mistakes. Right. So that's like that kind of coming back to that, like with cancel culture, like it's harder to like, you know, no, pe- no one forgets now, which sucks because like if you want to better yourself, you can't do it. Like you need I, people to forget. Yeah. Like Michael Vick. Like if you shit your pants, don't you want people to let that go? Oh, a hundred percent. Well, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah. It just in general, like maybe it's a bad example, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a very like, good. It's like you shit yourself one time. It's like, like you don't like you want to be invited to the next party. Yeah, like you don't want people. Well, fucking Zach shits himself, so we're not inviting him anymore. Like you know what I mean? You're like, well, what the fuck, man? It was one time. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 one hundred percent. First day of college, my junior year or sophomore year, junior year. Sorry, uh, I like. I was sitting in class and kind of felt sick to my stomach. Really? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to let it pass by. You know, just kind of waited, waited it out. And then like got like another like urge in my stomach. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wait this one out. Because I was like 10 minutes into class at this point. And it was the first day of class. I didn't want to be the guy that gets up to use the bathroom 10 minutes into the first day of class. Yeah. And then the third time came and I was like, oh, like this isn't this isn't a false alarm. So I like, I got up, uh, went to the bathroom. And as soon as I got into the bathroom, just shit my pants. Just let it go. Well, I I made it onto the, it got on the toilet. It got like on my underwear. Thankfully I was wearing black shorts, but I didn't know what to do because like I threw away my underwear and I just like cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. But my backpack was in the classroom, so I couldn't just leave. Oh fuck. So I texted one of the kids I had in class. And I was just like, hey, man, uh, I have food poisoning. Can you bring my backpack? <laughs> and he brought it in. And then I just, I lowered my backpack so it, like, covered up my ass. And then just walked home. And then I ended up, I went out that night. And then, like, one of the people from my class were like, oh, are you, are you feeling better? And I was like, yeah, I just felt a little sick. And Oh, my God. So, and, like, I didn't, I, I didn't tell so many people. I told my roommate, like, the I was like, uh, I just had the worst like first day experience. Like if I'm so glad that happened to me then, because if that happened to me in high school or like elementary school, oh yeah, it's scarring. Yeah, you know how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was, I was smart too. I learned from the other kids who shit themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, like that, dude. Like if people found out about it and like you just got kicked out of class. Yeah, you're not allowed in this class anymore, pants shitter. We don't want pants shitters. It's like, it's just like I don't know, man. It's like the weirdest thing. Like I get, I totally get it. Like coming back full circle on this subject, um, I totally get like not wanting to share your opinion about like comedy or like with like saying things like matter of fact, like this is how it is. Yeah. But part of me thinks it's good, like, and that's why I'm trying to, like, talk about it on my podcast more, because I'm, like, just new to comedy, and I kind of want to come back and listen to these four years from now and be like, man, I sounded like a fucking idiot, or, yeah, no, it's still the same, like, type of shit, you know, like, but I think, I I think that's going to be natural, like, any, I, I did a podcast, like, only being two years in, and now, like, I listen to it, and it's very cringeworthy, right, for me so it's you know even like if 
you know, I think it's just you always evolve as a comic. Yeah. And your opinions are always going to change. Totally. Which is, I, I think is, you know, it, there's so much room for growth in it. Yeah. Like, just, like, every day. Like, every day you're going to learn something. Whereas, like, if I go to my job, you know, I may learn something, like, once every, like, two or three weeks. Oh, yeah. I haven't learned something new in my job in a while. Yeah. Just because it's, like, I learned everything and now I teach other people how to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, comedy, it's, like, every time I do a mic, I take something yeah. away from it. Yeah. Like, whether it was, like, you move too much. You said, I'm um, five times. Like, um, you looked left more than right too much. Like, shit like that. Yeah. Just, like, little shit that's, like... Like, when I started, I was walking around a lot. Yeah. And it was just because it was comfortable. Moving um, helped me not feel as awkward. But now... I'm like, no, I need to stand here and like stop being so fucking distracting to the audience and like fucking yeah. hit my marks and do my jokes and not be so fidgety. And now I'm like more comfortable standing still. Just shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was your first mic, was it at Improv Mania? Yeah. Okay. I think I was there for that actually. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, or probably my second or third for sure. My first mic there, um, I signed up last. Okay. And I went up probably at like 1030. Yeah. And there was two or three people there. Okay. Um, and then like the next week, I probably went up like number eight spot or something. Yeah. And that was um, like back when they did the signups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we were all sitting outside like waiting in the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Back in fucking July. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had so many times like when I first moved here where it was just like me performing to Ryan and Tony. Yeah. Which I I actually really like looking back at it. I hated it at the time, but like looking back at it, like that's actually like very cool. Like I mean, like you know, you'll look back. At, uh, I don't know if you'll look back at it like with the same way, but for me, it's like very cool. Like looking back and saying like I had two people in an audience, yeah, and the fact that I still felt compelled to wait, you know, hours upon hours. Oh yeah, dude. And go up. Uh, that's always. It, I was it's committed. Cool yeah, I mean. And that's honestly, it's one of the most respectable things, in my opinion, that like I respect people for. Like, um, like I might not like everyone's jokes, I might not get along with everyone, but I respect that we're in that shit together, yeah. and that we're all putting in the time to be there, and waiting and supporting each other. And like, it's like, I mean, you can commit four hours to one open mic. Yeah. For five minutes of stage time. Yeah. And I think that is such a respectable thing about comedians. Like, who the fuck else does that other than, you know, crazy white people waiting for Chick-fil-A to open? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah. No. Who waits in, in, in line and sits there for four hours to do anything anymore? Yeah. Like. And especially for a little payoff. Cause, yeah. Because, I mean, when you're doing five minutes, it's you're only going to be performing it for like two people sometimes totally two people are engaging so it's not even like like uh you just did Bubba's mic of the grand yeah on sunday yeah and I, I so did i yeah but when i got there i signed up 15th yeah and i left yeah because the signups are at seven and two weeks before that i signed up uh the eighth spot and i didn't go up till nine forty-five. yeah because Bubba was talking a lot that night and uh, I think some of the booked people went over their time. Yeah. 
And like sometimes people just run the light and fucking take too long and you get pushed back a lot. Yeah. So I was like, I'm 15th on the list. And I saw you were like third. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. It was like fucking 15th. Yeah. And uh, that was the night the uh, Oscars were on. Okay. And the Oscars to me are like, that's like a holiday. Yeah. Um, so I came home and watched the Oscars. Yeah. And knowing that I didn't go on until 945, two weeks before that, I was like, if I get back up there by 950, 10 o'clock, like I'll be golden for his 15th spot. Yeah. And I got back up there and Bubba was already on like number 22, like skipped me and shit. Like a couple people didn't like come and like, so I felt horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like for me, that was like either sit here and hang out with comics for three, potentially four hours until I go on. Yeah. Or just come home and like enjoy the Oscars. And like, sometimes that's like, uh. Part of, like, the hard thing about, like, sitting at mics is, like, there's other shit I want to do in this two-hour window of time. Yeah. Rather than fucking sit here. Yeah. You know? One thing, like, when I first, like, when I first moved down here, I was, like, very much the same way. Like, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time at the mic. Yeah. Because I was, like, what the, like, what else am I going to do? Because I didn't know anyone. Right. And then just kind of, like, sticking through it. it. It's crazy. Like, now, like, I actually, like, look forward to, like, you know, certain mics, like, I look forward to, like, hanging out before yeah, I look too, forward yeah. to, like, the conversations. And uh, it's weird just kind of, you start seeing, like, the same people, you know, consistently. And, like, you kind of start forming, like, smaller relationships. And then it just kind of builds and builds. And it's it's weird, like, just kind of how that works. Like, and part of it, too, I think, is, like, it's, like, a respect thing. Like, if you're, you know, consistently going up, like, I think there's, like, a respect that comes with it. You totally know, just because like it's like all right they're they're doing it you know totally yeah i really look forward to hanging out with comics and uh when i started doing open mics uh my fiance was coming with me like to all of them yeah um and it was awesome i mean it was dope you know walking into a new building and signing up and having someone to sit there and hang out with yeah but it prevented me from hanging out with comics yeah um not like entirely like it's not like she doesn't want to talk to anyone it's not like you yeah, know? yeah yeah but it's not the same as just being able to roam and be like hey i'm jeremy hey i'm jeremy like what's up yeah um so like now she'll pretty much just come to like my book shows yeah instead of like coming with me to open mics because it's like open mics is like it's nice to sit there and just hang out and make friends and fucking get to know people for two or three hours and yeah and chill like uh and i like staying I think a lot of it, like, I like staying till the end if I can, like, if yeah. I have time. Because I think it's nice to stay for those comics who fucking stuck it out for two hours and are going up last to four people. Yeah. And um, I can like staying till the end and, like, trying to, like, smoke weed to people and shit and be like, hey, man, I got to join my car. Like, <laughs> let's yeah. fucking hang out in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really big part of comedy that... Uh, I don't know that I think a lot of people overlook like I've noticed a lot of people I mean and I get it people are busy people have different shit going on yeah but a lot of people do a mic and walk out the door immediately yeah you know a, a lot of times like if I'm doing that typically it's like if I have something after right or if it's like if it's like a an outdoor mic if it's like grand uh or not grand devil's advocate lately 
I've been leaving so early just because it's been outside and it's been cold. Cold, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Which is so depressing. Same in the summer, dude. It's miserable sitting out there and it's fucking 95 degrees outside and shit. Yeah. And some of them, they get the misters. Like, yeah. I think Devil's Ad has the, the misters in the summer and that's that's so clutch. You, yeah. You need that. Like when it's like 110 with the sun oh, down. for sure. You don't think about that shit. But dude, as someone who wears glasses, drives yeah. me insane. Yeah. Because then I'm fucking constantly taking them off and wiping the fucking little mist off of them and shit. I can't yeah. see. <laughs> like, I, I wear glasses, too, so I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm contacts. I've never performed in glasses before. Really? Yeah. I stopped wearing contacts in college simply because I couldn't afford them. Really? Yeah. It was one of those things where, like, I just started paying. Um, like, as soon as I moved out of my parents' house, like, I paid all my own bills. And I still do. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just one of those things for me where in college, I was like, contacts are $200 and my glasses are $200. Yeah. I have to pick one and it's going to be the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then I tried to get back into them and they hurt my eyes too much now. And like, I need to suck it up and wear them for like two weeks straight. So I get used to it again. Yeah. But it's just like, it's such a commitment. Yeah. See, I, w- I went the opposite direction. I stuck with contacts, and I have the same pair of glasses I had in a fr- as a freshman in high school. Oh, Jesus, you need some new ones, dude. I know. Your so, eyes have changed. They're so crooked. Well, I updated the lenses like uh, oh, okay. two or three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was a good decision, but it's so weird. Like, they're crooked. They're scratched. I, they look terrible. Yeah, I've fucked up some glasses, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, I go to a lot of, like, metal shows and stuff. Okay. Or at least I used to with my friends and Flagstaff. But, yeah, I've broken at least two pairs of glasses at shows. One, I just got socked right in the face. Glasses went flying. Someone <laughs> stepped on them. By the time I got them, they had one of the lenses in. And, the like, the arm was just pointed to the side. One of them snapped off. And, like, I found the lens. And, like, I got, like, a merch guy to help me tape them back together at the show. <laughs> <laughs> could you so you could actually like see the concert like when it happened yeah okay. i mean they put the glasses back on yeah 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 taped together that's so funny but yeah but yeah i mean fuck i would love to wear contacts again it's kind of just like part of getting older of like fuck what's the priority here like, yeah <laughs> yeah fucking do it but now i'm so used to my glasses that it's weird when I do wear contacts, like I do have some contacts. Yeah. Uh, I'll wear them to like sporting events and stuff. Um, but like, it's, it's weird. Like I feel like a different person. Yeah. Like Clark Kent and Superman. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I, my thing is like, I'll wear them. Like if I'm like going somewhere where I like it, it like always, cause I'm single. So like, it always comes down to like, what's going to be like most attractive. Yeah. And if I'm like going to an environment where I think like glasses are going to be more attractive, I'll like 100% like consciously make the decision to wear my glasses. Oh, that's a big thing, dude. Like they've done psychology studies on that. Like yeah. it's proven that if you wear glasses to an interview, you're more likely to get the job. Really? Yeah. Cause people perceive you as smarter. That makes sense. Actually. Just as like a basic instinct. I may start doing that. Yeah. I may. I have a buddy who studied psychology. Yeah. Um, in co- He got a psychology degree, and he has fake glasses without lenses that he wears to interviews. Really? Yeah. Like, do they, like, they just have, like, glass in them? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. 
clear, so crazy. Just plain glasses. How long does he keep up the charade for? Does he just, he just wears them to the interview? Just the interview? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a proven thing. It's weird, man. It's weird. Like that's like that's my favorite part of podcasts is learning things like that. Yeah. Like listening to um like Joe Rogan have this like sleep doctor on. Yeah. I don't know. Like what podcast do you listen to? I don't listen to a lot. The one okay. I, the one I listen to if I listen to any, it's normally either uh stand ups with Chris Stefano. Okay. And then where's I love his, Chris Stefano. I I love that pot. Yeah, he's very he's funny. So funny. Yeah, yeah. And then uh it's uh Who Cares About the Rock Hall? It's about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's two comedians, uh, out in LA. Uh, is Joe Kozala and oh shoot I can't uh, Kristen oh, damn it I can't think of her name oh right bro now. I got the Google machine right here what's it called uh, who cares about the Rock Hall who cares about the Rock Hall and uh, they just talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Kristen Studard and Studard, Joe Kozala yeah. Kozala yeah and he just he just had a it was a Comedy Central presents uh, special and she was she's on a one of the she was on one of the sketch shows i can't it was the one with the baby it was the baby of the year uh it's on netflix i can't think of what it's called uh but it's a very it's a very good podcast because they just talk about music like the whole time and it's all like uh uh what's it what's it called thank you uh think you should leave i think you should leave i think you should leave yeah there it is yeah, I haven't seen much of it, but I've seen like the a, a couple sketches. I haven't heard of this. I'm gonna have to check this out. I didn't know there was this show on Netflix. Yeah, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I love sketch shows, dude. That's kind of one thing I miss from being a kid. Like, um, I mean, you might be too young, actually. Um, like, do you remember Comedy Central as a kid? Oh yeah, like uh, I. I had stepbrothers who were older than me. Okay. So they got me. That's actually one of the ways I got into stand up because uh, they were always watching Chappelle's show, Dave Chappelle, okay. uh, SNL. Uh, trying to think some of the others. Uh, Kroll show. That I'm, was kind of. I'm blanking on the show that I wanted to talk about right now. Uh, that Tosh.0 was huge when I was in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I saw Tosh. He came to NAU. Okay. Twice. I've seen him twice. Yeah. Um, and that was like when his show in like the first couple seasons, he did like those college tours. Yeah. During the summer. Yeah. He came to NAU during his college tour. Oh, that's so sweet. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I saw him. Uh, it was at Comerica back in okay. October. Nice. And he, he crushed it. It was so good. I saw Dan Cook there like the week after that. Really? Yeah. I, I would love to see Dan Cook. Oh, that was um that was the weekend of my birthday. We went the day before my birthday. My best friends came down from Flagstaff. Because uh, I'm from Lake Havasu. I don't know if you know where Lake Havasu is. I know where it is. I didn't know you were from there. Okay, yeah, that's where I'm from. Okay. Uh, so me and my like best friends all moved to Flagstaff together for okay. like, college and shit. Uh, so they still live there. But they came down here for Dan Cook because... I saw he was going on tour, and that's, I mean, who we listened to in middle school and high school, like yeah. Dane Cook. Yeah. And that was just, like, his iTunes albums, you know? I owned his DVDs, and I remember us, like, watching them as kids, you know? Yeah. 
And um, when he announced his, like, new tour, I was like, I'm fucking buying tickets, like, immediately. And I texted my buddies, and I was like, dude, it's the weekend of my birthday. You fucking idiots are coming down. Like, you have to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was awesome, man. Like, I, it was more, like, nostalgic, I think, than anything. Yeah. I won't say he was, like, even the top, like, five comedy shows I've been to. Yeah. But, like, I loved it, man. Just yeah. sitting there and watching Dane Cook, like... 15 years after like listening to like vicious circle and shit yeah it was rad oh that's so sweet yeah we should go to a comedy show sometime man i yeah i try to go to you know one or two a month there was a period where i was going to one every week yeah uh like because we get free tickets like to a lot of them and that's like really cool like it's really helpful like do you do you ever go to cb live uh on mondays yeah Dude, I've been there fucking twice, okay. and I didn't get on. Um, but now they they stopped it, and do you know if they're starting it up again? Oh, uh, they're thinking about. I I don't know. Like the I read on Trevor Sky's website that it might move to. Yeah, but yeah, I've been meaning to go up there. I actually went up there the night it closed, the two weeks ago. Okay. The first night it was done. Yeah. And that's a mic that I told my fiance I was like I have to go every fucking Monday to this mic. Yeah, no, that's like that's like far and away like one of the best ones to go to yeah. just because you get the feedback and you get a lot to learn from it. That was for me though. Um, one of those mics I was a little too intimidated to go to because mm-hmm. I was like I'm not ready to like go try to like impress Casey and fucking like yeah. But I know you've been killing it there because you. Uh, you got on the best of the open mic, right? Yeah, it will, yeah. So that that was like the thing is just like that was like where I got like a lot of my confidence from. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like I was kind of I didn't have like goals like day to day goals with comedy. I was just doing it when I first moved here, and yeah. then like once I started like going up there and like getting notes on it, that like helped so much. Just like with figuring out like what direction to go, and that's helped a lot. Like just like you know with like the writing beyond that. It's, it's like one of the few where you're getting like feedback every time. Yeah. And you know, it, it gives, it gives a lot of direction, which is really cool. Yeah. That's, it's like, it's very big. It's funny. Cause that's what Ross told me. Yeah. Um, that he really enjoyed getting like Casey's feedback. Uh, Casey, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like not saying that wrong. No. I've never met the guy. Um, but yeah, I, I want to start going to that regularly. Cause for me, it was like. I gave stand up a shot and like my first, my first time doing it, I was like, I love this shit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to come back every fucking week. But for me, it was like, I have a fiance. We're getting married in December. Congrats, by the way. Oh, thank you. you Um, and like, we just have a lot of shit going on. You know, Uh, I travel for work. I can go back to Ohio in two weeks. I was just there two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and comedy for me, wasn't something that I knew like, I'm going to fucking go full throttle on this shit and try to do it four times a week. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like I have the confidence and I'm comfortable on stage and I have like a solid eight minutes ish, Mm -hmm. um, that I feel comfortable doing. And so now I'm to the point where I'm like, I can go out and do more open mics and be comfortable and, and try to get on like those Monday shows and try to like, you know, 
yeah. work with someone like Casey and kind of take his notes more seriously. Yeah. And things like that, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know if four months ago, if someone gave me notes on my performance, if I would have even fucking cared. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, like, you wouldn't, like, I know for me, like, when I was, like, at that stage, I wouldn't have known what direction to even take it with. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, even, like, positive feedback, I wouldn't really know, like, what I was doing. Yeah. So it's, it, I think that, that's smart, like, in the sense, like, kind of, like, figure out, like, how to take advantage of it more than anything. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, like, regardless, like, it's it's going to be, like, a good opportunity, you know, to get out in front of For people. For sure. And it's honestly, it's kind of awkward. I mean, it is still kind of awkward telling people, like, yeah, I've been doing stand-up since July. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, that's not very long, dude. Yeah. Um, But, like, I don't like telling people that, and I like just getting up and making them laugh and then telling them afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, that was great. Like how long have you been doing this? And I'm like seven months. I'm like seven months. Like that's, yeah, you did great for seven months. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I'm like, in that sense, like, it's like, I don't know, setting that expectation ahead of time rather than at the end of it. Yeah. So it's like, I'd rather like now I feel like I'm to a point I could, I could get some solid laughs at Copper Blues. Oh, yeah. Um, there's beer in that fridge right okay. behind you. Sorry. No, you're good, dude. Yeah, will you grab me a Corona out of there? I don't know if there's another Kilt Lifter in there, but there's some Sam Adams, I'm pretty sure, in that Dr. Pepper fridge. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, it gets stuck on the carpet. You can just pull it open. Some Sam Adams on the door there. I don't know what else is in there. That might be a kill lifter. I think that is. Solid. Dude, I love kill lifter. It's one of my favorite beers. That's like a... Thank you, sir. Um. So how long have you been lying to people and saying you don't smoke weed? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you never smoked weed before? I was going to ask you. I was going to put you on the spot. That's the funny thing about podcasts is like you can just ask people anything and it's like, dude... The mic's running, bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I uh, I actually, I went through a stoner phase when I was in college. Oh, okay. And then uh, I never drank, never smoked weed in high school. Uh, like I, I had like one or two times where I did, but it wasn't like, you know, it was just to like try it. Yeah. And then I got to college, got really big into it. And then I just started. Pull that shit like right up to your mouth. Yeah. Uh, I got a scoop. Keep uh, that keep that notch right in front of you. Uh, but uh, I kind of I started having like high anxiety attacks. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it just wasn't a good fit for me. And since I've you know I was kind of I, I think part of it too is like where I was at in my life. Yeah. And then uh, once I stopped, I started feeling a lot better. So it's like shit. I I probably should just stop doing this. So I haven't done it. I've done it once since I moved down here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Have you ever tried, um, like, more of, like, a CBD strain? Like, because uh, like, I think, I mean, in my own personal opinion, I think a lot of people are having trouble with that. Like, one of my buddies, Tyler, um, stopped smoking weed because he gets really bad anxiety. Like, really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Like, panic attacks. Like, and, I mean, he was a huge stoner. But I think... Honestly, I think the strength of the weed is the problem. Yeah. Because he started smoking 
Um, like they sell cartridges that are four to one CBD to THC. So it's, um, whatever that fucking percentage is, it's like 65% CBD yeah, and then like 20% THC. So it gets you like a little stoned, but the CBD is super relaxing. So I wonder if you could like benefit from something like that. That's just like a mild level of THC. So you're not just getting like super fucking stoned. Yeah. Well, I, my thing too is like I don't even know if I want to get back into it because like I was oh, that's when, fair. when I was like smoking I was like so lazy. Yeah, I, I get it. Like I mean, like it doesn't do that for everyone, but for like everyone's for, different. Dude. Yeah, so for me it was like I was lazy and I was like eating a lot. I was gaining weight. Yeah, and then like when I stopped, I started like oh, losing a lot more weight. It's for sure a problem on my belly, dude. Yeah, like for sure. Really. Like just munchies at night and shit yeah, like yeah. that, you know. Like, yeah. like no, I should not eat ice cream right now. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Honestly, getting a nicotine addiction has been like one of the best things for <laughs> for me to lose weight, which sucks to That's say. That's hilarious. Yeah, dude, you're so tall. You could gain fifty pounds, and you probably wouldn't even look like it. Maybe I. So I was. I'm I, six foot, and how tall are you? Six four. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You're fucking. You probably weigh. Let me guess here, dude. I'm guessing you weigh like 160. I'm 175. A thick 175. What? Dude, you're not thick at all, dude. I am thick. You're like skin and bones, bro. I can only put, yeah, I, for the camera. That's how far yeah, I can I weigh put my hand. solid 100 pounds more than you do. I used to be, so when I, was, when I quit basketball, I was 215 because okay. I was like lifting all the time. I saw so. the pictures of you. I was looking on your Instagram earlier today getting ready for a podcast yeah that's how i knew you had short hair yeah yeah yeah. and it was uh it was tough because like as soon as i quit playing i stopped lifting like all together of course yeah and then it just turned into fat so i was just like 215 and like but you just have kind of one of those natural like slim bodies probably always you've always been probably naturally skinny huh Yeah, yeah yeah it was like uh, I'm like naturally thicker. Like I have, I mean, I have really broad shoulders. Yeah. Like my upper body is like more than half of my body because I have really short legs. Really? Yeah. So like, I mean, my pants, like, I don't know what the length of your pants are. Like your inseam, 36, 38 or some shit. 36, hard flex. Okay. Very. <laughs> Mine, my legs are 29. Really? Yeah. But you just, so you, what what size, like, what's your, like, do you wear, like, a long shirt, though? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 48 long. Yeah. Yeah. My upper body is substantially larger than my lower body. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I've, like, always been, like, kind of, like, just naturally larger, because mm-hmm. my upper body is larger. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense, though. Like, yeah. that's a, I get all my tattoos on my leg. I didn't know you had any tattoos. They're all in my thighs. Really? Yeah, yeah. Come on, dude. Take those pants off. Let me see. I'm just kidding, dude. I, I always... <laughs> I, I, that is, like, one of the things. Like, whenever, like, I... Uh, Hook up with the chick? Yeah, she's always like, oh, what's that? And, like, I'm like, oh, these are my tattoos. And, like, some of them they like. And then, like, <laughs> other ones are like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I like about them. Like, they're just for me. But, like, the main reason I got them on my leg is, like, I was thinking, like, if I ever gain weight, that's like going to be the one part of my body that never stretches. That's so funny. Cause like, even when my dad got bigger, it was only in his like upper body. He never got like, his legs were always the same size. Like every time I've known it or like wow. for the whole time I've known him, which is all my life. That's I interesting. I don't know if I've ever met someone who just has tattoos on their thighs. 
Are you gonna get ever get any more? Oh yeah, I have uh, I have five, and I'm trying to fill up my entire right thigh. Oh, okay. Just because I, I don't know, it's always cool to half sleeve it. Yeah, I, I I think it's very cool that no one knows I'm tattooed. It is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty obviously tattooed. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of tattoos that people never see. Like I have a jack lantern on my ankle. I love that. Like I just have like I have a tattoo on my foot. Yeah. Um, like Superman on my leg. That's, you know. Is that all the way around? Yeah, the daily planets on the back. That's so sweet. Yeah, but like a lot of people I wear pants and I wear pants to work. Yeah. So like I mean I've had coworkers, you know, that I've known for four years that don't know I have a Superman tattoo on my leg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's uh, that's like my favorite thing about it. Like, it's just for you. Yeah, you know totally. I mean? Yeah. And I think tattoos should just be for you. Like, yeah. I tell people all the time, like, I wrote this joke about it, and I don't really know how to work it out on stage yet, but, um, like, I got tattoos for me. I don't give a fuck about yours. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I wrote it like, you know, girls always come up to me, like, can I see your tattoos? And I'm like, no. Yeah. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, why the fuck do you need to see them? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, do you want to see mine? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking care about your tattoos. It's like hanging art in your house. Yeah. Like, I hang art that I like. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you're going to come over and like my art. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, that's how I feel about tattoos. Yeah. Um, I like that yours are in color, too. I love color tattoos. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. My plan, before my tattoo artist went to prison, um, my plan was to tattoo this arm in all dark colors. Yeah. And um, then tattoo this one in, like, really light colors. Yeah. So it'd be, like, a very strong, like, contradiction. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's what I think about doing that every once in a while with my left one, too. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, just um, all color and then, like, black and white. Yeah. I think that would be cool, too. Yeah. When did when did you get your first one? Uh, 17. Okay. Uh, I tattooed my wrists. Actually, I covered this one. This one I added to it. Um, but I got love and peace. Okay. Peace and love. And I, and I drew them myself. So that's, like, my drawing. That's my drawing, too. Oh, wow. Other than the guy fucked it up. Um, but yeah, I drew these ones and took it to the guy and like my mom signed like the permission slip cause I was 17. Yeah. Um, and then I got the Superman one when I was 18 and then these ones I kind of got all in college. Yeah. Um, and then I've just gotten a couple more throughout the years, but I'm trying really hard to finish this sleeve yeah. before I get married. Yeah. So I'd like to get it done by December. I've been talking to this guy. Um, I just haven't, haven't paid my down payment yet. Cause I'm going to do like an eight hour session with them for like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, but in prepping for the wedding, I'm spending a lot of money yeah. for that. So I'm like, fuck, like maybe I can't afford this tattoo right now. Yeah. But I, I would really like to finish this arm. Yeah. It's crazy. Like how old were you when you got one? I was 21. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then were I, you drunk or anything? Was it like a random decision or did you plan it out? No. Yeah. I planned it. Uh, I had the idea for like a solid year. Okay. Uh, it was, I got a turtle with Montana on the show. Because, oh, that's sick. Cause turtles always have their home on their back and I collect turtles. That's cool. Dude. Yeah, yeah. 
And I used to have turtles when I was a kid. Yeah, red-eared sliders. Big fan of red-eared sliders. Yeah, I had yeah. A, I had a Tank, uh, two of them. What were their names? Tank and Tiny. Ooh. Because one was gigantic, yeah, <laughs> and one was just this tiny little turtle, and it didn't grow at all. Was the tiny one tank and the tiny and the no. tank turtle? <laughs> but uh, I always just thought that like tank was so big because yeah. they grow to their environment. Yeah, you know, red-eared sliders. And I got the second one after tank, so I assumed he grew, and like it was like his environment, so the other one didn't feel comfortable getting bigger. Oh, jeez! <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because that's how those turtles are. Is like you get them a bigger area, and they'll grow bigger. Yeah. At least while they're developing. Yeah. And it just never did. It stayed tiny, so I just named it Tank and Tiny. Yeah. Well, if you see the ones like out in the wild, this they're when I was so like twelve. <laughs> they're so big out in the wild. They though. they're huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but I can smell bad though. So the guy that did my first tattoo, he was up in Montana. Uh, I contacted him to do my second one, uh, and he was like, "No, I actually moved to Arizona." No shit. And when I moved down here, I found out he works like less than like ten miles from my house. How fucking convenient is that? Yeah. So he did. Uh, he did one for me recently, like in November. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Small world, dude. Yeah, it's so crazy. That's the weirdest shit. Yeah. As you get older and, like, I don't know, move and different things. Like, it's, dude, like, I was sitting in a meeting at ASU. I don't work there anymore, so I don't mind saying this. Uh, I was sitting in a meeting at ASU next to a guy I went to high school with. Really? And I didn't know he worked there. Didn't know he's going to be in the meeting. Well, I, I wasn't next to him. I was sitting literally behind him. Yeah. And it was, like, a training seminar for, like, two hours. And, like, because, uh, you know, they call out to see who, who showed up, like, go down the list. Yeah. And they got to him and called out his name, and I'm right behind him. I was like, dude. It's like, what's up, motherfucker? Like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Hadn't seen him in, like, eight years. Yeah. You know? It's just, like, randomly working at the same place in two different departments, doing a training together. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. That, that happened to me. There's a girl I went to high school with, grew up with, and she... Uh, I found out she works like less than a block away from me or That's not a block. Wild. Let me, you know, probably a little bit further, but she's like on the same cross street Grew and everything. Up in Montana. Yeah. And I had no idea she was down here. And, um, yeah, we still, I still haven't got the chance to see her again, but it's crazy. Like, cause I haven't seen her in like five years. Yeah. And, uh, it's cool though. Like, cause you have that connection, like, you know, I don't know. Havasu is pretty small, right? Like, you kind of grew up with like the same people throughout. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like kindergarten class, the same people I graduated with. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's cool. Like just seeing like, cause people like you didn't even think about seeing every day. You just saw every day. Right. And now it's like people, it's like, Oh shit, I haven't seen you in, I don't know how long. Oh, and it's yeah. so weird. It gets weirder as you get older too. Oh, I'm sure. It gets it's, a lot weirder. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's like you see people and nothing's changed. Yeah. It's like, what's up, dude? And it's like, nothing. Same old shit. Like, yeah. I was like, how's your brother doing? Like, good? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's like, uh, I don't know if you saw, like, on my Instagram, like, when I went to Ohio two weeks ago, um, I left the day after Kobe Bryant died. Mm -hmm. uh, he died on a Sunday. I was flying out Monday. And uh, as soon as I found out Kobe died, I texted my brother. Because, I mean, that's just, like, part of our childhood. Like, yeah, we yeah. grew up watching Kobe Bryant slaughter the Suns. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like, Kobe and Shaq. Like, fucking, that was... Uh, 
as a kid, like, I remember everyone wearing their jerseys. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I texted him and was like, dude, I can't believe this shit. And he's like, me neither. And we're talking back and forth. And then I was like, yeah, I'm flying out to Columbus tomorrow. And he's like, dude, I'm in Columbus right now. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I've been here for three weeks. Like, I'm working here. And I was like, I'm working there all week, dude. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I fly in tomorrow at Columbus Airport at 4 o'clock. And he's like, that's fucking crazy. That's so weird. And we just both happened to be there at the same time. We hung out three days that I was there. Yeah. I, I went out and did an open mic, and he came and watched me do comedy for the first time. Um, went out to dinner, and like it, it happened to be the week of his birthday. So like I left two days before his birthday, so he's like psyched that he got to see me like for his birthday, you know? Yeah. How, how long had it been since you've seen him? Oh, just since, um, I don't know, Christmas or whatever. Okay. Thanksgiving. So not that long. But that's still cool. Like, anytime you can get together with your siblings, like, that's yeah, a huge random deal. as yeah. fuck. Like, I don't see him that often, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's just wild that, like, life put us in the same city in yeah. a different state at the same time. Yeah. Oh, like, that's so cool. It's like, what? And I told my boss, because I... They were like, yeah, we're going to go do, like, you know, team dinner or whatever. And I was like, my brother's in town, and I'd really like to go hang out with him and not go to, like, a team dinner. And my my boss is like, your brother's, like, here now? Like, does he live here? And I'm like, nah, he just got assigned to work here. Like, he's, like, a traveling electrician. Okay. And my boss is like, yeah, that's crazy. You should definitely go hang out with your brother. (laughs) I was like, all right, sick. That's so cool. That's just the weirdest shit, man. Yeah. It's crazy how that happens. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. I'm trying to see my sister uh, in uh, April. That's, like, the other thing. It's, like, so much harder for, like, to, like, get together. Because she keeps flying down here. Mm-hmm. And she's up in Portland. So, like, I haven't had a chance to see her nearly as much. Yeah. But we're trying to... We're big uh, fans of the Crash Test Dummies. Oh, okay. That's, like, that's my favorite band. Okay. Uh, And... Uh, they're performing in Denver on the nineteenth, so like I'm trying to meet up with her. And I'm, March nineteenth, yeah, uh, April. Oh, April nineteenth. Yeah. Okay. So I'm very, I'm, I'm really hoping for it. That'd be the, cool. The, the, yeah. Yeah, man, make it happen. I say, that's like the older I get, like the more I value like shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you will too as you get older. And I don't mean to talk to you like that. Like I'm that much older than you. No, but I, I get that. Like but, I mean, like. It when you're younger you don't have nearly as much of appreciation for it. Totally. Yeah. I didn't care at all about seeing my brother when yeah. I was f- fucking 22 in college. Yeah. We lived together though, granted. Yeah. But it's just not I mean like I appreciate seeing my dad so much more. Now. Yeah. Like just shit like that like or even my friends like when we lived in Flagstaff together and saw each other every day, it's like I didn't think twice about it. Yeah. But now that I see him like four or five times a year. Yeah. I'm like, dude, these fucking weekends are the shit. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird, man. It's weird, like, how you grow up and, like, uh, it's like you think things would be one way forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like they never work out that way. Yeah. Even, like, and it's weird, like, now there's so many, like, of my friends that are in different cities, like, some in Denver, some in Portland, mm-hmm. like, Seattle, some up in Montana. It's crazy, like, you got to, like, actually, like, budget, like, to where, you know what I mean? Like, it's actually, like, a huge deal. Oh, yeah, dude. Just to see them. It's, like, you, and you wish you had that kind of hindsight 
when it was free to see them. Yeah. When it was drive across town and see them. Yeah. Like those nights when like people are like, you want to come out? And you're like, no, man, I'm going to stay home. It's yeah. kind of like, fuck, I should have gone out. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like my, um, one of my best friends, minor, he just got married in Boston. That's why I was there in October. And, um, he was our roommate. Mine and my brother's roommate in college for just like three months. Mm-hmm. Um, cause his lease was ending and like, you know, May, like how most leases end, like, end of the school year type of shit you sign them when you move there and whatever yeah um and he was like dude i'm not going to boston until like august like and we had a spare room and he's like cool can me and my girlfriend just move in with you guys for three or four months yeah we're like fuck yeah dude that was like the best four months of like our entire friendship really you know yeah because it was like a bonding experience we would have never had and will never get ever again yeah you know yeah and it's like we spent more time together like spent had more conversations than like ever before yeah and like shit like that it's just like it's like when people like hit me up and are like hey can i stay at your house for the weekend i'm like fuck yeah you can dude like let's do it like yeah and it's like we're so young now that's like that's never gonna happen in your 40s like People are going to be like, hey, I'm coming to Phoenix. I got a hotel. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? like That is, that's something that's like I always look forward to. Because when I was younger, we used to, my dad, every year he'd play in his alumni golf tournament. Yeah. So every year we'd go down and stay with his college buddy. Uh, and he had two kids that were the same age as my sister and me. Or they had three kids, but they were the same age as my sister and me. Yeah. And so every summer we'd go down and just hang out, like go down to Denver and he'd like just get plastered like with like his old college buddies. And it like that's like the thing that like keeps me like like, you know, that sliver of hope that maybe like this can happen again. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like alumni golf tournaments and like ways to get back in town. Oh yeah, shit like make. that. Yeah, can for sure happen. Yeah, but I mean, like living together. Yeah, like no. your dad and that guy are never gonna live together. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know it's so. But yeah, dude, those things are those little things are the things you have to like take advantage of. Like, yeah, my buddy asked if I want to go to the NFL draft this year because it's in Vegas. Yeah, and I was like, no. Not at all. I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> like, you know, just like, like I don't want to go stand in a crowd in the heat in Vegas and, like, watch college players that I've never heard of get drafted. Yeah. But I was just telling my fiance, I'm like, I think we should go. Like, I think we should make it happen. Like, when is this ever going to fucking happen again? Yeah. And like, even this is one of those times I'm going to be 48 and be like, yeah, when I was 28, went to the fucking NFL draft in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know? And even if you're not there for, like, the actual draft, like, the environment is going to be so cool. Yeah, dude. Just being there that weekend. Yeah. It's probably... that's. I was telling my buddy that, too. I'm like, I bet there's so many draft parties and casinos. Yeah. That, like, we can just stand there and fucking pay the $100 entry fee and get, like, wristbands for drinks or whatever the fuck's going on, you know? Yeah. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Have you ever been to Vegas? Not as an adult. You gotta go. I know. I need to. It's, uh... It's one of those things that I, I didn't care at all because I grew up two hours away from it mm-hmm. in Havasu. Yeah. And I spent tons of weekends in Vegas as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I played... I was um super into baseball as a kid. Okay. So, I played traveling league baseball. Like, as a kid, like, I went probably, you know, like, 
two straight years without like an off season of baseball, like because it was like minor league, like um, you know traveling baseball all stars like summer league shit like that like yeah. just constant baseball and you can do that down here too which is yeah it's always crazy to think and we played in vegas yeah and shit like that and like as an adult i was like yeah fuck vegas dude whatever like i spent so much time there yeah and like going there with friends and like running hotel rooms and like gambling all night like i'm like this is some of the coolest experiences ever yeah like that like and you're only young once you know what i mean yeah and it's like being, like I charge like three hundred dollars worth of shots on my credit card at in at one point in time, <laughs> just on shots, just the sh- a tray of shots for all my friends, and like it was a super stupid thing to do, but I was like, eh, whatever, you're twenty two once, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> and you just roll with it too, like it's and we all just got drunk, like fuck it. But now I've learned. You go for those free drinks in fucking Vegas. Yeah. Don't be like me, folks. Up in uh, Montana, you could gamble at 18. And uh, a lot of sick. a lot of casinos up there, they'll give you free food and drinks. Yeah. Maybe not a lot of casinos give you free food, but most of them give you free drinks. Yeah. And so, like, there would be times when I was in college, and I was like, I have 10 bucks. I need to get a little drunk before i go out to the bars and i didn't want to spend too much money on beer yeah so you know and i didn't want to drink pbr so i'd put in 10 bucks into a a casino like just like a little kino machine just bet like five cents and i just hang out like in the like in the casino just ordering drinks ordering food yeah and just let that 10 bucks go for like an hour so sometimes like i had times like where i made like 30 bucks off of it so like yeah. that would pay for my bar tab for the night yeah or like i just lose the 10 bucks and it's like all right i got a free i got a meal like three beers yeah for 10 bucks like that's like it it's very clutch that they have that available and is walking distance from my house so i didn't have to worry about anything it was i miss that yeah but that sounds awesome they don't have like down here like i i had, i thought i was gonna go because i was like a casino guy in montana oh, okay just because of that reason and like I, you know, I'd go maybe like once or twice uh, a month. And down here, like I was like kind of worried. I was like, I, th- it's so available. I'm afraid I'm gonna get into it because yeah. I live like right by one. Like I'm it's like less than like five available. minutes. Yeah, but I haven't. I've been there twice. Like since I moved down. Yeah, there. there's three casinos just on like that one highway now. Yeah, two hundred two. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They're not. They're, they're. It's nice to have blackjack. We didn't have blackjack up in Montana. Oh, I love blackjack. Yeah, my favorite games to play are blackjack and roulette. I've heard. I. I, I had. How is roulette? Like, I mean, like I've I played I it by. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do the numbers or do you the colors? Both. Really? Yeah, it's so fun. I mean, there's safe ways to bet and super risky ways to bet. The risky ways are just pick numbers. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, man. That's my favorite game to go to Vegas and play. Like, I go to um, the old strip. What the fuck is it called? Fremont Street. That's where, like, cheap gambling is. Because mm-hmm. on the strip, the big casinos are more expensive. Yeah. Fremont Street is where, like, kind of the, the you know, poorer people stay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's the cheaper hotel rooms and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's where, like, cheaper, like, $2 hands of roulette instead okay. of like ten dollar hands of roulette type of shit um so like i took my fiance there and we sat and played roulette for like three and a half hours just on like 40 bucks each and um 
yeah, that's my favorite. Like you go up and down in a bunch. It's not one of those games that's like designed for you to win a lot, but yeah, it's it's addicting in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've heard craps is like the one to play. Like I've heard so many people like that's like the best way to win. Yeah, I've never played it. It's a confusing game to me. Yeah, I would love for someone to teach me how to play craps, dude. I have to pee so bad. I'm gonna run and pee real quick. Okay, (laughs) you can just talk. I don't know if you have any book shows you want to plug while we're on here, or like uh, you know whatever. I'll be at the (laughs) Tempe Improv on Wednesday, uh, February nineteenth at eight p.m. and that's that's pretty much the biggest one coming up and then i'm on instagram at zach from montana and then twitter at notorious zac Sitting in silence. I I started plugging and then I was like, ah, you know what? I can't. I don't know if I can carry this on. I was just going to start singing. What's February 19th of the improv? Uh, it's the Comedy Madness show. What uh, is that? It's a. Uh, I don't know who else is on it, but it's like uh, this guy, he runs shows out in LA and he, he brings them to like a lot of cities. And uh, I guess he's done this one at the improv before. So uh, if I bring 10 people, I get 10 minutes. If I bring six, five people, I get six minutes. Okay. So I'm like stressing out about it because I'm like, all right, I got my mom, my stepdad, uh, a few people from work. And that's like, that's five right there. But I'm like, I kind of, I want to do 10 minutes. So it's like, I'm trying to scrounge. And it's weird because like, I don't know a lot of people down here other than the people I work with. Yeah. Uh, and then that, uh, a few people who moved down here from Montana, I feel bad for them because I'm just like assaulting them. I'm just like, Hey, like anytime I have a show. Yeah. Like just like, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it should be fun. It's, uh, it sounds fun. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting just because like when I was like, uh, you know, kind of coming up, like I didn't really even know how to get into like clubs and stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of, I'm finding out like it, it takes a while and it takes like a little bit, like you just kind of keep doing it, like getting like a little bit of, uh, a little bit of time and like taking advantage of it. So that's like, that's stressful too, because like I have like a set like that I do that's like relatively clean. Uh, but then like, I also have newer jokes that I've been like working on for a couple months yeah and i want to throw those in there but i don't think i should yeah so i'm like going through like that inner turmoil with that and like and that's it's weird because like i don't have a lot of material like just uh that like works consistently Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like figuring out like what is just working right now yeah and what's like working consistently you know what i mean yeah so i gotta 
I got to kind of figure that out. So I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want me to watch your set like tomorrow at um, Fo, what is it? Fo Chow? Fo Cow? How the fuck do you say it? Fo Cow. I mean, I could if you want to do five minutes, I could give you some feedback if you want. I I'm not gonna do the set that I'm gonna do there. I I have a new joke that I'm very excited about, and that's like the other thing too is like whenever I get new material, yeah, I get so excited about it where like yeah. I just want to work on it, and then like after a while, like it's it loses the excitement of being new totally, and then it just becomes like working on it, yeah, which that's always like really stressful because like. I've gotten used to it more, but like when I was first doing it, like I was like, oh, I'm telling the same jokes in front of the same people like 10 times a week. It's hard. And I I had a hard time adjusting that. But lately I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I can change something up every night. And that not only makes it like better as a material, but then it's also like, it helps me get past like. It doesn't feel as repetitive. Right. And that, I think that's kind of like what's helping me like figure out like how to improve materials just like through that. Yeah. So that's that's been like a new development that I've kind of like learned. Your sets? Yeah, 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 I record them. I I try to listen to them uh, as much as possible. If it's really bad, I just like if it's like a complete bomb, I try not to listen to it. Yeah, just because like there's not as much I'm gonna get out of it. Yeah. Other than like I'll listen to like how I'm performing the first joke. Yeah, sometimes it's hard, man. I mean, sometimes you bomb and it's not even in your control. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the crowd's just not feeling it. It's just comics and it's just silent, and you're like, "Cool, man." Yeah. <laughs> like, A lot of times though, like th- this is like normally I can listen. That's part of the reason I just listen to the first joke. I listen to like the energy I have for the first joke. Yeah. And so many times, if my energy is low. Like even like I'm a I'm pretty monotone as a comedian and as a person, and so uh, whenever like I start out, there's like a way like I I don't know how to do it all the time, but like sometimes like if I'll start out like way too low as an energy, then like I it just goes down from there. Yeah. Whereas like it's like finding that right mix of monotone and excitement. Yeah. So that's been like that's been something like I've been trying to like listen to like when it works, like how, why does it work? And like, what am I doing with my voice? See, that's good though. I think that it's good to be like self-aware like that of like what you're doing and what's happening in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, honestly, I don't think a lot of people are that introspective, um, with like what they're doing. Like, I mean, everyone's different, but like I've talked to people who don't even record their sets at all. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why don't you do that? Yeah, that's that's like the biggest thing. It's just like recording. Yeah, it, I always listen back to it and like, like I said, like you said, I'm five times. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when I was playing basketball, like I didn't do it as much as I should have. But like watching film on basketball, that was like one of the biggest ways to get better. Right. And I'm like taking like everything like i wish i did in basketball yeah and kind of incorporating it into comedy and it's helped so much like just like at least like figuring out like for the short term yeah and one of the biggest things is film and like recordings yeah totally do you do you film yourself normally or do you just record it just on my phone i just record the audio if you ever do video that's another good i try to do like one or two videos a month I did uh, the stir crazy mic. Okay, yeah, yeah. I paid for that video that they offer for like twenty bucks or whatever. Yeah, and I thought that was really beneficial. Honestly, just watching that one video. Yeah, 
So I would. I, I've thought about bringing my camera and my tripod and setting it up and just recording my shit. Yeah. Um, but even that, I feel like, is a lot for an open mic. <laughs> like I'm like, ah, fuck. Like normally, like honestly, if you just set your phone like on a table, yeah, and just record it that way. Yeah, and that's like what I say. Like I, I don't do it that often. Yeah. Just because, like, it's kind of like you need. I think initially, recording. I recorded every set via video, like when I first did it. Uh, but then after a while, I was like, all right, I kind of know what I'm doing on stage. Yeah. Uh, so then I kind of worked in like, now it's like more beneficial to do audio and then like some video, but I, I think the video is always going to be the most important. I'm just trying to justify cause I don't want to videotape myself all the time. Yeah, dude, it's hard. It's honestly, it's a lot like just, I mean, kind of getting over that initial like nervousness of like waiting for your time and yeah. like. You're like, all right, fuck, I go up and, you know, two more comics, one more comic. Like, all right, now I got, like, three minutes before I go up. Yeah. It's, like, a lot to just have other shit going on Yeah. while you're trying to prep to go on stage, you know? Like, oh, I got to set up. Like, I forgot to record sets a handful of times. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I forgot to turn on my recorder just because I'm like, oh, I got to go up there. Like, it's just, like, it's hard to get used to all of that different shit and, like, kind of break down. Yeah. Um, everything like it's kind of just hectic sometimes going to open mics like I would love to have less time to wait than more time you know yeah um, that's why I really enjoy doing like booked spots yeah Cause I'm like dude this is the shit like showing up and just going on in 15 minutes <laughs> like it's yeah fucking, it's so much better than sitting around but but like you don't get as much out of it as like doing an open mic kind of i think you get a lot out of book shows because at the end of the day that's like your material yeah and like that's the material you're running with i mean not as much out of it as like there's not as many comedians there you're not making like as many networking connections um hanging out for three hours that type of shit i think actually too like well book shows a lot of those guys run shows so it's like that that's like a good way to network because like oh yeah uh a lot of open mics some people run shows but it's not nearly as much like through doing shows. That's how I met most people who run shows. Right. Uh, so that's like the biggest thing. Uh, you know, the more shows you can do, the more, you know, more it can lead to. Right. And especially like, you know, if you can, you know, start getting into like booked early on. Cause it took me a long time to even get booked on shows when I first moved here. Cause I wasn't very proactive with it. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like being able to like network and you since you mentioned that you're like very conversational and you are you know like just talking to you now like i mean like just you know what i mean like just being able to talk to people yeah i think that's like that's a huge thing yeah i i definitely agree it's um it's a big thing i wish like i don't know people would take more time in like trying to like focus on like, some of the comedians are very standoffish. And I'm like, dude, like we're all just friends here, dude. Like, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that's, like, something that I'm trying to focus on more is getting booked more and just kind of being more proactive on, like, the Facebook groups and stuff. I didn't realize how many people just post shows on Facebook. They're like, hey, email me if you want to be on this show. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm on a show next week at Faux... Focal, mm-hmm. Focal. 
with uh okay. is it with scotty scott wait yeah, yeah on uh, wednesday and then i'm booked at the bench bar uh from mellow b uh the week after that okay the tuesday after that so like that's like one thing for me like i'm trying to now that i feel comfortable and i have a solid five minutes that i can do at open mics and i have a solid seven minutes i can do for like a book show like my next goals are like getting a solid 15 minutes together but also just hitting all of the mics i've never been at yeah and meeting those people that i've never met before yeah like i just did bridget's last laugh uh last week yeah and just like meeting those people was awesome yeah like john henry and all the comics booked on that mic like lamar's a good guy to know yeah who runs stir crazy and a bunch of other shit yeah and there, there's so many people like around town like who i'm still even meeting now like yeah. it's weird like the i thought like there was a point where i was like oh i pretty much know everyone in the stand-up scene and i was dead wrong yeah like there's so many people like around here that like do stuff that you know you you don't even know about like just from the open mic scene dude totally like I've heard about, I mean that I didn't know that show was going on on Wednesday that you yeah. just told me about. Yeah, you know, yeah, and shit like that. I mean, it's crazy how many people have book shows and different shit going on. Yeah, all over. Yeah, um, but it's like it's good. It's like it's good that you can kind of be in your own little pocket of of stuff going on. Yeah, but also like there's all those other opportunities that you could land in. Yeah, it's interesting, and like a lot of. It was kind of like, for me, a lot of it was like being a regulars at like certain mics and then like meeting more people and like finding out about other stuff and kind of like right. meeting, you know, just through like being uh, at like in present, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's fun. Yeah, totally. Dude, like I've uh, gone to so many mics now. Like, I mean, I did Improv Mania for so long and I feel like a lot of comics go to that one on thursday because there's not a lot of options on thursday yeah uh but now that i've been going out more on sundays and mondays like i've just seen people and i'm like hey oh hey what's up like it's the same fucking people yeah you know which is cool yeah no you see it's weird like i see like the same people like every night for the most part yeah and that's it's really cool like i mean like you kind of start like a you know learning and like talking to them like it's always like a short conversation for me like initially and then, like, I've started, like, every once in a while, like, having, like, a bigger conversation, like, as it goes on. But it's just, right. it's just, like, getting the foot in the door. It's so weird. Like, oh, just, totally. Yeah. But, see, like, I feel more comfortable trying to get a foot in the door now. Yeah. Because um, I've been doing it, like, you know, seven months, eight months. Um, whereas, opposed to, like, four months ago, I felt so uncomfortable trying to talk to people. Yeah. Or, like, it just didn't feel like I was, like, kind of in that group yet. It's very much like high school. Yeah. It's like, I'm a freshman. There's other people. Like, you're, like, a junior, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's it's very much um, clicky in that sense. One thing about Phoenix that I've really enjoyed, it's not as clickish, you know? It, like, there are clicks to it, like, yeah. just like anywhere. But at yeah. the end of the day, like, I mean, like, everyone's kind of branching out. You know what I mean? Like, no one stays to, like, their set, you know, group. Yeah. That's where, like, a lot of people, like, branch out, which is really cool. You right. know? That's one, that's one thing. I, I, I'm i very, like, passionate about, like, a lot of things with comedy. And 
one thing like with it is like the friend groups and like all that sort of thing and like the fact like you're able to like interact with people yeah. you know based off of one common interest and there's very few places where you have like that common interest where it's all passion for so many people yeah you know what i mean like basketball that was like the one that was one of the places before that but it's such a smaller group like you'd only get 12 people on a team yeah whereas like with this it's like hundreds upon hundreds oh yeah i mean there's well over three or four hundred comics in phoenix yeah yeah i'd probably agree yeah which is crazy too when you think about it like five million people yeah like 400 people sounds like a lot of people but i'm gonna do the math real quick on what what math what are you trying to do like five million divided by 400 oh no I did that backwards. It's 400 divided by 5 million. So that's like 0.00008%. Yeah. Of like the Phoenix population. It's a very small amount of people that are comics for sure. Yeah. But that's also why it's like when I was doing it for six months, I'm, like, I'm just a new kid. Yeah. You know, because it is such a... People go to Mike's and they're like, we know you're the new guy. Yeah. You know? And now I'm kind of to the point where I'm not there yet, but I do see the new people that I'm like, oh, you're a new guy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like everyone grows, but everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. But it's very, it's obvious who's been around longer than other people. Yeah. And they do treat you like it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Not everyone does, but some, some more than others. Like, I mean, I've met people who don't want to talk to me at all. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Cool. Right on. See you later. I think one thing with comedy is it has such a high turnover rate. Like, when you talk about, like, people who do, like, an open mic once. And I think that's why. Yeah. Like, there's so many people, like, you know, you'll talk to, and then, like, they'll say, like, oh, I'm really, I love comedy, and, like, you just never see them again. Uh, So, it's just kind of, it's weird, like, just how much comes from, you know, sticking with it. Yeah, a lot. I mean, it's all just sticking with it and showing up and putting in the time and, like, working at it and, like, yeah. putting in your dues, paying your dues yeah. type of shit. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it, too, man. I um, I definitely can't get enough of it. If I was a single dude and I was 23, I would fucking be out there every night, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love being single. I hate how much. That's, like, the thing, like, too, is, like, I'm, I, like, don't. I wish like I had like a desire to date right now, but like I've gone on dates nice. and uh, I like, I just don't like, I always like start out the date by saying like, yeah, I, I don't really want a relationship. And then it's just like, Oh, like, Oh, awkward. Yeah. 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 But I, I try to be honest. Cause like if, if I'm like having a date and then like things are going well and then you know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd rather be like honest up front. Oh yeah. Which sucks, but don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You could be low. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, though, dude. I definitely get it. How how long did you date Sam before? Can I say her name? I just said it. Yeah. Oh, fuck. She's been on the podcast. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were dating for like three and a half years. Okay. Or, no, three, exactly three. I proposed on our third anniversary. Okay. But we were kind of like dating before that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so three years. Did you guys meet at NAU? 
We did. I worked full time at the financial aid office, and she's a student worker. Okay. Yeah, and we hung out a couple times, um, and then we started dating like two years later. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, like when she, uh, she was like dating someone at the time, and like I changed jobs and didn't really like see her again. Yeah, <laughs> for like a year and a half. You were like Jim and Pam if Jim just went to Nashua, kind of not Nashua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um stanford stanford yeah that's right i love the office big fan yeah uh yeah that's cool yeah yeah we've been together a while are you like uh what's like how's like the preparation for like marriage going like what's i had a dream the other night that i was at my wedding oh yeah yeah and i was like it's been like fresh on my mind because like i was at my wedding and i was like oh fuck like this is so weird yeah and it was like it was very odd, so it was just like it's been like fresh on my mind. I was like, I don't even know how I'd handle that. Like, um, I mean, it's going good. Like, we picked a venue and a date and everything already, and we got like mostly an all-inclusive package at the venue, mm-hmm. so we don't really have to do a whole lot. Oh, that's which nice. is how we prefer it. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to like book vendors. Like, it all just comes with the venue. We don't have to worry about food. It comes with the venue. Don't have to worry about shit like flowers comes to the venue um the only thing we're responsible for is booking a photographer okay and an officiant um and that's it so it's going good <laughs> that's cool that, yeah that, and that's like trying that, to make it as least stressful as possible yeah and it, are you like starting to stress about it no no that's good <laughs> it's also in december so ask me that again in august and yeah we'll, we'll see how i feel yeah <laughs> that makes sense but yeah yeah that'd be good it's gonna be a big step but yeah she supports me more than i could have ever asked for so like, when I was like, I'm going to do stand-up comedy, she's like, fucking do it. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, and that's so cool. Like, you know. Yeah. That, that's very cool. Yeah, just like her starting that cookie business. Open one of those up and give it a shot, dude. I I kind of want to eat one now. All right. <laughs> I have a, so I, I do nicotine packets. I used to chew. Oh, yeah. You have, have nicot- one in right now? I have a nicotine packet in. Oh, I'm going to pull fair. it out just for That's fair. This. Put you on the spot with the cookie. Oh shit! These chocolate ones are my favorite ones that she makes. She makes like vanilla, lemon, chocolate. The chocolate ones are my favorite one. Are you a big like? Oh, oh my damn! Good, right? Oh, very good. We took a, a a um. You know who Christina P is? Yeah, yeah. Tom Segura's wife. Yeah, yeah. She came to the Tempe Improv in May. Last year, I think. Mm. Um, and we brought a box of these to the improv. We called ahead of time to make sure it was okay. Because mm-hmm. she had like an event that she made a bunch of samples for. We just had a fuckload of samples left over. And um, so we called the improv because we had tickets that night to the show. And we were like, is it cool if we bring cookies for your staff? And they're like, uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, bring them on down. Yeah. And I didn't ask for anything for them or anything. I was like, sick, cool. Like, we'll see you at 7 o'clock. I, I don't even think I gave them my name. And I think they just had the caller ID so they knew who I was. Yeah. And they, like, um, they like made a note and, like, upgraded us to, like, a reserve spot and put us right in front of the stage. 
Oh, that's so sweet. In the front row. Yeah. Um, and then they gave us something else for free. I don't know if they gave us like a free appetizer or something. They just like hooked us up. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, like saved us a table and yeah, and uh, yeah, the whole staff ate the cookies and shit. And I was like, God, we should just take people free cookies like more often. Yeah, <laughs> fucking a. That was really cool. And then Christina P roasted me for like five minutes. Really? Yeah, she fucking she picked on the way I was sitting. Yeah, she picked on what I was wearing. She picked on me for looking like a basic guy. She like asked what my name was, and I was like, Jeremy. She's like, Jeremy. It sounds like a pretty fucking typical name. Yeah. And uh, she's, like, making fun of me for just being, like, a safe guy to, like, marry. And, like, <laughs> like <laughs> did that. So that was, like, right before you got into stand-up. Mm-hmm. Did that, like, push you into getting into stand-up? No. Um, I've always been into stand-up. Okay. Like. But that wasn't, like, a deciding push, like, be like, I should start it? No. Um, okay. A deciding push was really going to shows. Okay, and I don't, I've never met this guy. I don't know where he came from, so I don't mind saying this. I won't say his jokes or put him on blast, but I saw, I went to a House of Comedy show probably last March, um, and the opener, the host, was so goddamn terrible mm-hmm. um, that God, I want to say, I want to tell you what his jokes were so bad. And they were so stupid. Um, I was sitting there, and I was like, babe, I can fucking do this. I was like, I could host this show. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, I could fucking be funnier than this fucking guy. Like, it was, like, awkward. Like, people weren't really laughing at the guy. You know, like. Yeah. And it was one of the um, times that, like, I had I had thought that before. Like, I had seen people before, and I'm like, I feel like I could do this. And. That, to me, was like, I'm going to start writing jokes, and I think I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. And then I didn't give it a shot for four fucking more months. Yeah. Because I was still like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, kind of worked up the courage, tried some jokes out on, like, Sam and stuff. And then I went and watched an open mic. Yeah. And after I watched an open mic, I was like, I could for sure come back next week and sign up. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, and I don't want to, like, bash people, but, like, there are people at open mics who'd fail so hard yeah, <laughs> that it can be motivating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's people who walk off stage in literally 60 seconds because they can't handle it. Yeah. And to me, I was like, if those kids can get up there and at least try it for 60 seconds, I can fucking try it. Yeah. And so I just gave it a shot. Yeah. I, I had a similar thing. It was kind of similar at the House of Comedy. So, like, I was a freshman in college and... I went to a show. Uh, my mom was big into going to stand-up shows, so I went to a lot of stand-up shows growing up. Okay. And that was like, you know, I I always wanted to do it, and it was just always something like I just always told myself I can't do it because, like, I got basketball, I got other stuff. Yeah. And then I went to a stand-up show, and I got roasted. I sat in the front. I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He kept calling my shirt unfuckable, and he was making fun of how tall I was. Mm-hmm. And it was just like one of those things. It was like these are all jokes like I've made about myself. Yeah, and people are laughing at it. And I was like, all right, if they can, like, it was kind of like one of those things. I was like, okay, it's okay to do this. Like, I mean, like, I can, I can make fun of myself. Right. And so I wrote for like probably like, you know, six months or so after that, and then finally, like, just like, you know, kind of when I was up in Missoula, just breaking down, being like, all right, I can do it. Yeah. 
and it, it's crazy like just like you know i always like think back to it like it it's you know it no one else probably like the comedian probably doesn't remember it right like no one in the crowd probably remembers that much about it right but like the fact like it was such a big moment for me you yeah. know and i'm sure like it was a similar situation for you like you know just like seeing that and like thinking back to it and like knowing oh yeah yeah that that is what i would call like my turning point towards like comedy yeah like doing comedy um like yeah i've always been a huge comedy fan like uh growing up uh like dane cook obviously but like i always watched comedy central stand-up specials yeah um and i remember watching like back in the day like adam sandler nick swartzen like david spade yeah and like you know i loved chris farley as a kid like i've i watched snl back when i was like 12 yeah you know like i loved snl growing up i watched it all through high school and college um and just comedy in general you know like loved eddie murphy as a kid Mm -hmm. like jim carrey like um and then moving down here Going to comedy shows was something I was so psyched to fucking do. Yeah. Because I was like, there's so many comedians who come through Phoenix. Yeah. And I started taking uh, Sam to a bunch of shows. Like, we've we've seen a fucking, I don't know, a dozen at least huge name comedians. We've gone and seen Joe Rogan twice since we lived here. Really? Yeah, Comerica both times. Yeah. Um, and just shit like that. Like, I'm like, I've fucking, I've always loved, like, going and watching comedy. Yeah. Um, so it was something that was like just natural for me to just get into. It's a great thing to see live. Like, Oh yeah. Like seeing it on TV, you kind of get a good picture of it, but like seeing it in person, it's unreal. Uh, Like, Mm -hmm. and I think too, like just like being in an environment where, you know, everyone around is like with the common goal of laughing and, and you know, on TV is not necessarily like, I don't laugh a lot. Like when I watch like specials, like on TV, yeah. but like when I'm in person, I'll laugh like so much harder. Like when I'm at a club or like something like that. And it is, I totally agree that it's the yeah. type of thing to watch in person. Yeah. I've had friends who are like, we send me a video of like your stand up and shit. I'm like, I, w- I won't. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you have to just come see it in person, man. Like, yeah. if you want to see it, like, I'm not going to, like, just send you a clip and be like, yeah, well, it's this. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm like, it's not the same. Like, you got to have a beer in your hand, be in the crowd. I'm not the first comic you saw. Like, you know, like yeah. you're watching an hour of comedy, not just my fucking five-minute thing I sent you. Yeah. Like, it's a whole different thing to sit there in a whole crowd and, like, have that environment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so fun. Yeah, I went to a bunch of stand up shows in college too. Like uh Key and Peel came to NAU, Tosh came twice. Uh, I saw uh, Nick Swartz in there. Uh I feel like I saw a couple other people that I don't remember. Yeah. Um You guys probably got like a lot bigger names than we were able to get just because of the like proximity. Yeah, it's close to LA. Yeah. It's yeah. convenient for them to like book that university, you know. And even Phoenix, too. Like, if they're doing a show in Phoenix, like, college tours, it's so much easier. We were, like... Right. And, like, travel costs. Like, traveling to Montana is so expensive. That That's what I was going to ask you. When we went to uh, Columbus, did you fly Allegiant? No. My company pays for everything. So. Or Chandler Mesa. Did you fly out of Chandler Mesa? No. Okay. No, uh, it's the big airport. They have the direct flight to Columbus out of 
uh, okay. Chandler Mesa. So like flying to Montana is so expensive from here. Like it's it, you can get good deals. Yeah. But like you got to go through like the worst airports, worst planes. The only direct flight I could get was Southwest to Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, it may not be. Maybe it's Cincinnati. I didn't look at the other airport. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think it is Cincinnati because they <coughs> like Chandler Mesa. They do like uh, Tri Cities in Washington. Yeah. Uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, bunch of Montana cities. Yeah. And then it's like Cincinnati. Uh, I think like just a bunch of like Midwestern cities. It's very crazy. Yeah, it's weird to think we have that different airport out there. Yeah. Um, dude, we're at like two hours and twenty minutes. I'm impressed. That was good. You got to get going soon, or you want to go for a little more? I was gonna ask you a couple more questions on comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, sorry, I just want to time check. It's already four o'clock. Blows my mind. I know. Um, <laughs> it's been a good day. I was gonna ask you, like, uh, like, what's your favorite venue currently? Um, like, advice wise, like, where would you tell people is like the important mics to go to? Um, like shit like that. So, like, as far as like favorite venue, I really like like any of the clubs like around here. Uh, you know, like Improv Mania, Stir Crazy, CB Live, House Comedy, uh, Stand Up Live, and Tempe Improv. Uh, they're all really great. I've actually, Tempe Improv's the one I haven't done yet, so I'm excited to do it on oh, Wednesday. okay, that's sick. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, like, open mics, I think the biggest one is, like, CB Live. But at the end, I, I, I'm a big proprietor of, like, just do as many as you can. Yeah. And, like, since... Like at the end, at the beginning of the year, I hate, I made a new year's resolution, but I was like, I'm going to consistently hit open mics. And I haven't, I had one week where I got eight, but for the most part, I've been like 10 to 13. Fucking eight. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It's been, it's been insane. So, but like, I think that's like been one of the things that's like helped me the most, like in the past, just not necessarily like even my material, but like just like my comfortability on stage. And like, I'm noticing like a big difference. Yeah. Just in like you know what i'm able to do consistently like before i was able to do it a little bit but not all the time now like i feel like i'm more consistent yeah and i still want to get more consistent so i think just like doing as many as you can like from my experience that's been like the most helpful thing yeah for sure yeah i would definitely agree with that the more i do the more comfortable i feel for sure doing multiple mics in another in a night that's another big thing i always recommend because like the first one you can use it as a way just to get the jokes out there and then the second one you can use more for like the performance based aspect because a lot of times like when you're doing when you're trying to do both at one time yeah it's tough to like focus on one or the other and you're i I notice a lot of times like if i'm just doing one mic in a night and i'm trying to focus on both it's tough because like i'll notice i miss things with both that i wanted to work on whereas like if i'm just doing like one you know what i mean yeah or when i'm doing multiple ones like splitting it up and working on like a new thing at each open mic and then yeah. like using the last one to like polish it off yeah so what do you do to hit multiple open mics do you go sign up at both or do you just sign up at one and do it and then go to the other one and like get last on the list or 
so uh like wednesdays typically what i do is i'll go to toast i work right by there okay so i can get first on the list i do my set okay and I, I leave typically uh and then i'll go down to lacuna uh, i'll wait for that one and then i'll either go to like woodshed and ted's which ted's is a mixed open mic out in tempe oh, or okay. i'll go to boycott and quail and uh with boycott quail it's nice because you can sign up at one and then walk over to quail get pretty early on that list go up like pretty early at quail and then get back over to boycott and do your quail. Set. it's right by boycott the boycott bar i've for sure heard of i haven't yeah. been the quail yeah interesting okay and then like doing the same thing out in tempe wednesdays is like the best night to hit multiple mics right because uh, there's so many yeah or normally uh if i know someone's at another open mic that i'm at or that i'm gonna go to what i'll do is i'll have them sign me up like later on the list gotcha yeah and then i'll put their name like down at the mic i'm at and then we'll just like switch locations that's legit yeah it, it helps a lot like i mean i don't know ethics wise how good it is but i think i think it's fine like i mean like See, at the end of the day why does it matter yeah I mean, yeah but as long as you're not putting them second and they're not yeah. there yeah you know yeah and especially like going later in the list so it's that's been really helpful and just like putting accepting that i'm gonna spend money on this you know what oh, i mean yeah. like i i fill up i put like 500 miles on my car a week jesus yeah so it's it's tough like i, I got a lot of like maintenance stuff i always got to do i probably don't pay attention to that but i probably put some serious mileage on my car from here yeah because i'm not in a solid location for mics yeah yeah, I mean, just driving to Tempe Improv and back in one night is, I mean, 40 miles in my car at least. Really? 50 miles probably. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't thought about that before, but now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, driving to Tempe Improv on Thursday and Copper Blues on Monday, that's solid 100 miles in my car. Yeah. I Being able, that's why I've gotten, much, once I moved down here, it was last year I started doing this, like tracking everything, like keeping track of every mic I do. Yeah. And I've gotten a lot better of like keeping track of like other aspects to it, like the mileage. Like every time I fill up my gas tank, I do the trip thing. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And I try to see like how much it's going, and then like I'll like jot down like last time I filled up my tank. Damn, you're putting serious time into like other aspects of comedy too, not just fucking on stage and hitting mics, but you're tracking your mileage and shit. Well, I think part of it too is like you gotta it for my short term goals. Yeah, it helps so much. Like taking it week to week. Yeah. Because if I, when I was looking at it from like the long term standpoint, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Like you just think you'll never get there. Right. And like once I started dropping it, and like once I started going to the CB mic, it helped me get into that focus of taking it week to week. And, uh, you know. Uh, that's kind of been like the biggest thing is just like putting it up into short term goals that I can track. Yeah, and then you know, at least like I see like I'm putting in the time. Yeah, it's not gonna show initially, but if I put in the time enough, like enough weeks, it's gonna pay off. Yeah. So I don't know. Tracking is a fucking huge thing for me. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's cool. And that's part of the reason I like doing this podcast. Now that I'm getting, like, comics to come over. Like, everyone... And there's no right or wrong way to do this shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And everyone has their own thing. Yeah. 
and uh, it's just fascinating to hear that like you're doing that type of stuff because like talking to someone like Mike, like Mike's like, yeah, I don't even record my sets. Yeah. And Mike's doing great at comedy. Yeah. And he's been in it for I think he said eight years. Yeah. He's also at a higher level. Like he's not at the point where he needs to grind every week. Oh, totally. You know. But I mean, I know even. Uh, older comedians in LA still record their sets, you know. Right. It's no, just one yeah. little thing that I mean that like he doesn't do that other people recommend doing, and like you yeah. know, some people don't need to. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like I don't think I'm ever gonna start tracking the mileage on my car. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting, like hearing you say like you're doing ten fucking mics a week, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing like three or four. Maybe I need to just step up my game on Wednesdays. Yeah. You know? Maybe I need to start hitting three on a Wednesday. Yeah. It, I mean, that's like the, the, it helps a lot because it adds up. Like anytime you can hit multiple mics in a night. Like last night, I wasn't going to go out and I ended up doing two. And that brought me to 10 for this week. There you go. So it was like. It, you do um, uh, Alice and yep. Missy's mic. Yeah, yeah. Smooth Brew and then the Beaver Bar or whatever. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've never been Beaver before. That was, that one was fun. Yeah. I'm yeah. a little bummed I didn't get to go to Alice and Missy's mic. Uh, I went to the first one they did there at Smooth Brew. Yeah. Because they, like, just started that Friday mic. Yeah. Um, but uh, then I was out of town or the, or whatever. I missed the last one. And then yesterday was fucking Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, hey, what can you do? Yeah, that helped a lot. Like Yesterday I was like, oh, I don't get <coughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, Alice and Missy work here by my house. Oh, actually. really? Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say that on my podcast, but... Well, they don't know where your house is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I see them all the time, actually. I like Alice a lot. Yeah. No, that's, like, another thing, too, is, like, I I haven't met, like, a comic down here that I don't, like, enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the people that are, like, doing it consistently, like, they've all been, like, very nice, like, very respectful. Yeah. And, I mean, like, it, it's, it's cool for me. Like, I mean, like, just yeah. because, like, feeling, like, accepted, because I'm a weird guy. And I know, like, every group I've been into, there's always been, like, a few people that, you know, they've they've been nice, but they, you know, they haven't always, like, you know, they haven't always been nice. And, like, yeah. down here, it's been, like, everyone's been pretty nice, like, from the get-go. Which yeah. Is, uh, which is, you know, it's good. It's, it's a good place. Phoenix is a good place to do comedy. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that. Another thing, uh, sorry, I'm coming back to this. but No, you're good, dude. Yeah, any advice? I just think this is important to, like, future my podcast. Like, yeah. if anyone can listen to this and get, like, some basic comedian advice or even just a little tidbit, like, you know? Yeah. Uh, so one thing I do is I journal every day. Okay. I try to write, like, one or two pages. Because uh, at least, like, and that's, like, helped a lot. Because when I was just trying to write comedy, if I didn't have an idea, I'd get discouraged. So, like, if I'm writing, like, in a journal, at least, like, I'm getting the practice of, like, story structure and, like, how to write, how to incorporate words, like, you know, and how to just write better. Right. And that's helped a lot, like. So, what are you journaling? Just thoughts? Yeah, just, day, like. Day shit that happened? Anything? Day. I write a lot about, like, my goals and stuff because I'm not, okay. so, I don't like expressing my goals a lot. So I, I do believe in like manifesting. I think it's good to keep some things to yourself. Right. Yeah. And so it's like good for like the manifesting and like giving me like something to work for because if I'm seeing it, I'm expressing it to someone. Yeah. 
this way like i don't have to express it to someone but i'm still expressing it to someone you know what i mean right uh it does help to get things out yeah so that's helped a lot just with my writing because like you know it's made it so much easier to just jump from like journaling and then i'm like oh that's something and then i kind of write it down jot it down and normally i've noticed like when i don't do that i write like a little bit and then i don't have anything else normally like when i'm journaling i like keep going with the idea right and it gets a little bit further that was a uh, when i was in journalism school that was like something that like all my professors told me to do okay uh and that's i stopped doing it for a little bit and then like kind of getting you know it was like i think october i got back into journaling again okay yeah that is a good advice journaling is definitely good yeah, I think any kind of writing exercise in that sense mm-hmm. like helps. Like helps just kind of like like you said, build out the story structure or wordplay. Wordplay is something that I always kind of throw out there to people, and yeah. that's something that I I work on when I listen to my jokes. Yeah, like I'm like, what other word could I say instead of that? Yeah, like even if it's just like. Uh, in a basic like instead of saying i walked somewhere yeah like what else can you say instead of you walked right you skipped you fucking quickly you hustled like just like thinking about even with punchlines of like can that punchline work with a different word yeah type of thing yeah um i think that helps a lot that's like a I forgot what podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about Jerry Seinfeld, and there was a word he said, and he was deciding between two words, and then somebody threw out another word, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's a funny word" or something. I, I can't remember the exact story, but it was just the fact he said like, "Oh, that's a funny word." Yeah. And so like you wouldn't think of like that something like you know some words, uh, and like I am comic. It's like Sarah Silverman. She's like saying "poo poo" is funnier than "pee pee" or something. Right. Uh. Just like just weird shit like that, you don't think, you know, a lot of people like don't think about, right? Yeah, and I think that's uh that's the type of stuff I think about more just because I listen to so many yeah comedians podcasts yeah, and that's what um I like to listen to like I like to listen to the comics who fucking have other comics on and they just talk about stand up yeah it's very interesting to me and it's interesting like I said like so many people just have different like in techniques like my the way i write is like i write a topic at the top of a page and write as much stuff even if it's not jokes yeah about that topic yeah and then i kind of try to work out the jokes within there yeah and um that's always just how i, I started writing stand-up of pick a topic like coronavirus yeah and then i wrote like two full pages of shit about coronavirus and just I mean, even if it's just super fucked up stuff about Asian people or whatever, yeah. you know, it's yeah, yeah. like, it's kind of get it out and try to see what works. And yeah. like, you know, not saying I'm trying to be super racist, but. And sometimes you just need to see it to like understand. Cause when you see it and then you read it out loud, you're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, that helps a lot. And then saying it. Yeah. At the mic. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you say something out loud and you're like. I might not say that again. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've had. I've, that's like something I've had to get over because I've made myself look like an asshole so many times at open mics. Oh yeah. And I, I forget about it. Like I, I like I've forgotten about it. You know what I mean? Like it's so weird because like I I can remember things I said like when I was in high school, 
and like to one person mm-hmm. and i'm like that was so weird and i still stress out about it. meanwhile like i've said things that are like actually like horrible at an open mic and i'm like oh fuck it nah, i was working on it i know it's yeah. yeah yeah but you have to and yeah. that's part of the like just learning to 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 accept that right yeah. like <laughs> yeah this is a part of it yeah yeah, I feel like I walk that fine line with a lot of my jokes. Like I like to, I like to write dark jokes, mm. but sometimes I say something and it's just silent, and I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> working on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, uh, well, at least I tried it. Yeah. It's like I'm not trying to look like a huge asshole. Yeah, and it, it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I do have to. Dude, let's just wrap this up. If you got to pee, yeah. Yeah, we're at uh, two hours and 35 minutes, so I think we're good to end here. Let's go. I, well, I appreciate you having me on, Jeremy. Yeah, man. Fun. You want to plug any social media or anything? I already plugged it midway through, but okay. I'll throw it out again. Uh, Twitter, NotoriousZAC, uh, and Instagram, Zach from Montana. All right. Thanks for coming, man. Uh, please like and subscribe to my channel, Millennial Meltdown Podcast. Um. I'm on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all the good shit. Follow me on Instagram, Jeremy Cox. Um, All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I hope you come back and do another one, man. This has been dope. Yeah. No, I, I hope to in the future as well. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bless you. Peace.